All right. So, this best friends quiz will tell you how well you really know your BFF. I'm kind of nervous. This is by Danielle Fox and Abby Dupes, uh, mm. brought to us by Seventeen Magazine. If I do bad on this, I- I'm I'm just going to attribute it to the fact that people in the '80s would never understand my friendship with you. <laughs> well, it is a current quiz. This was brought to us in uh, August of 2022 how could you do this to me (laughs) (laughs) do you know the passcode for your bff's phone of course or duh it's my birthday hmm well i mean obviously it's not my birthday but i'm gonna say of course you (laughs) don't have a passcode for your phone Ooh, very close i do oh i thought i you know what i would i i wasn't sure I wasn't sure. I am a grown man in 2023. Of course I have a password on my phone. What the fuck? I guess that's true. I, I have a, I have a passcode on my phone, even though it's not for... Eh, eh. I don't even know why I have one. You want to know how... I'm so crazy because I'm one of those people who are like, nobody's going to murder me and then look at my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> for... <laughs> For that, that's the reason. Those like face lock. Yeah, I'm oh like, my, I've oh seen that. God. I've seen that in TV shows. Not gonna happen to me. Couldn't be me. Better know those digits. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Oh, here we go. Here we go. This one's very. Uh, this is an extremely modern question, which references will probably be lost on you. If your friendship had a theme song, what would it be? Taylor Swift's "Long Live" or "Sweetie." And Doja Cat, best friend. I'm going to go with the Doja Cat one, just because I feel like you're not a big Taylor fan. You were correct, sir. Also, <laughs> that song kicks ass. <laughs> Never picture you listening to a Taylor Swift song earnestly. Describe the current status with your bestie. We're a work in progress. It's up, it's stuck. It's Which is the grossest answer I've ever wait, heard. it's stuck? Yes. Oh, it's up. It's up. It's, it's stuck. Up. It's going up. I don't, that sounds like priapism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait is it wait were there only two oh answers? no it's stuck yeah that wait, was it it's up it's, it's stuck or we're a work in progress what is it? it's up it's stuck yeah that does sound like prior prism what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> here we go uh it's halloween who oh, are you uh, and your bestie dressing up as maddie and cassie from euphoria or Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. Oh, Maddie and Cassie. Hell yeah. Of Can you course. imagine the big fake titties on. on me? That'd be hilarious. Oh, dude. Yeah, of course. Come on. That's crazy. Would yeah, you be Maddie or one. would you be Cassie? How about that, though? Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I, honestly, I, I feel like you're the you're the Maddie of the relationship. That's fair. That's totally fair. I, th- I really do. I feel like you're the Maddie. I'm the Cassie. Oh, this one is another one that's perfect for you and I. You borrowed a cool vintage dress from your friend and, oops, spilled a few drops of spaghetti sauce on it. (laughs) You either return it to them and apologize profusely or let them know, apologize, and offer to pay for dry cleaning. Oh, the first one. I think you could understand a spaghetti mishap. You know how much spaghetti sauce I have on my clothes? (laughs) It's fucking insane. I'm a fucking gavon, my man. If anybody's going to understand a spaghetti mishap, it's going to be you. (laughs) My life is covered in spaghetti mishaps. That might be my memoirs. Spaghetti mishaps. So, according to this quiz, we are Dustin and Steve level friends. Oh, Dustin and Steve. Okay, yeah. That feels feels right. We did it. 
<laughs> Turns out we're friends. I knew it all along. I didn't need the test. <laughs> I never I never had any doubt. Although although it all was riding on the results. I was going to stop the podcast. If... <laughs> hey, numbers are numbers. Can't lie with the numbers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Devil's Cut Podcast. It's me, your host, Matt Young, with my co-host, Eric Rossi. How you doing today, Eric? I'm good, bestie. Ooh. We're uh, we're missing... Uh, <laughs> we're, I, I know y'all got really attached last week. We're missing uh, spooky fiancé, Heather. Um, but I hope you enjoyed having her on. She'll be back for other, uh, other movies, other reviews and podcasts. But she'll definitely be back for later in the year when we have our uh, exorcist remake discussion we had so much fun last week with our terrible awful uh, no good bad day what's that no one but good, bad <laughs> exorcist movie yeah uh, we decided so we decided to turn it around and we would do as promised we're going back into the adult swim this is a rated r but is we this decided to stick in the world of exorcism it is Really? Rated R for violence, fighting scenes, substance use, alcohol use, smoking, foul language, and sexual content. Really? really? I could have, because you know what? Honestly, I could have sworn this was also a PG-13 movie. Honestly, I'm surprised that the, the Pray for the Devil was PG-13 if this was R. <laughs> yeah, it's because this movie fucking kicks ass. What, what, tell the people what we're watching. Oh, right, right, right. So this week we, we... Are, are doubling down uh, on exorcism movies. This time we're watching uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, which is uh, more of a horror comedy. Um, but we, we, I hadn't seen this movie. Eric did, but it was on my list. You know, we, we talked uh, in the end of year, year in review episode we talked about how we were going to try and catch up on stuff that we had meant to watch earlier in 2022 so this is one of them uh i hadn't seen it so we me and spooky fiance heather checked it out and now we're uh talking about it so uh i guess we'll let you you why don't you go eric you, you tell us how you felt about this movie we'll just do our first I, impressions i love this movie i thought this movie was fucking great it was really funny uh, like really well acted, uh, really well researched, <clears throat> and uh, just all in all, very fun. You know, gruesome enough. Not particularly gory, but definitely you know, gross and exorcismy. <clears throat> so I, it gets stamp of approval from Eric. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I guess I should have hit you with the uh, with the stats first. We're still we're still working out our formatting. You know. Uh, <laughs> How we want to go about it but yeah so my best friend's exorcism it's a 20 i think it was filmed in 2022 correct um or it was filmed 2021 came out 2020 um it's uh directed by damon thomas who really doesn't have too big of a horror pedigree he did now this isn't horror but he did like a half a season of killing eve which is like a cool show 
Um, he also did a few episodes of Penny Dreadful, which is, you know, or it's a horror TV show. Um, it was written by Jenna Lamia and Grady Hendrix. Uh, Grady Hendrix is the 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 writer of the the novel this movie is based off of. Um, Grady also you he's probably if not the if not my best friend's exorcism is probably most well known for the Final Girl Support Club. I believe is that's that's one of his right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a really great. Uh, he's really good at bridging that kind of gap between horror and comedy without making it feel like it's too far into either camp. I think he, he, he does some really, uh, grounded character work that makes people feel believable and entertaining at the same time. Yeah. I know you've read a couple of his, of his books. Um, I, I haven't read any yet. I do own my best friend's exorcism. I wish I could have read it before we watched the movie, but you know. That's just how it goes sometimes, but yeah. So I haven't, uh, I haven't checked out his works, but I know he's pretty. He's 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 getting some work under his belt, so I'm excited. I really do want to read his uh, horror store. We were just talking about it off, you know, off mic earlier. The the one about like a haunted IKEA sounds fucking amazing. Also, it's going to be a horror movie soon, so probably future episode. I I, I mean, for me at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, really I'd be willing to, to cover, cover any of this guy's stuff. He's hilarious. Do, you, do we know? Is there are there any plans to do the whole uh, final girl support group? For I haven't seen any official uh, like green lighting on it or anything, but I did listen to an interview uh, with him on another podcast. Uh, I'd say anywhere within i think it was somewhere within the last year mm-hmm. um, where he was talking about you know trying to push that up the. Uh, the uh, list and try and try and get some money behind it uh, after this i don't see why he would have any problem yeah, well i mean this i think uh, well you know i, I don't know I, I don't have access to or where to find like amazons you know because this is an amazon original correct like this wasn't this didn't have a theatrical release correct I think if it did had any theatrical release, it must have been real small because I didn't ever see anything about it. Yeah. I was just very keyed into yeah. the release on Honestly, uh, Amazon. Honestly, I, I think this movie would have done better with a theatrical release. Like I, I, yeah, I think definitely. it, I think it would have had a really good, uh, fo- like younger audience following. Uh, but yeah, so directed by Damon Thomas, written by uh, Jenna Lamia, Grady Hendrix, starring Elsie uh, Fisher who I think uh, has the biggest horror pedigree of anybody in, in the cast. Last we saw her was in 2022's Texas Chainsaw, uh, as well as she was one of the lead characters in season two of Castle Rock, the Stephen King sort of connected universe Hulu show. Oh, was she the the she was the, the shooting survivor girl in Texas? Yes. She was she was the one of the two sisters in Texas Chainsaw 2022, and she was the daughter of Annie Wilkes in Castle Rock. Oh, and she's she's big time famous in anime. Yeah, she's got a lot of voice acting stuff. Wow. Um, Also starring um, Amia Miller, Kathy Ang, Rachel Canoe, Clayton Johnson, a lot of actors uh, who Honestly, I looked through this whole IMDb list. No one really has too much like horror stuff under their belt. 
because I, I think most of the actors were pulled in for their comedy chops. Mm-hmm, so definitely. yeah um and then uh as far as uh reviews go we've got it's sitting at a 5.3 out of 10 on imdb uh critics gave it a 53 percent on rotten tomatoes audience score is 35 percent and metacritic has it at a 58 so i don't know if that's news to you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm i'm surprised it's so low for rotten tomatoes yeah, 35 for the audience 53 for the critics so they, actually the critics favor this movie over the audience on imdb or on uh, rotten tomatoes Wow, I hope we can convince some some people to, you know, change sides because I think this movie is way better off than 35% users. Mm. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, I will – this will lead into my, uh, re, you know, spoiler-free opinions of the movie. I think this movie is pretty good. I definitely don't think it's great. I, I think it's got, like, you know, similar to my opinion on Pray for the Devil, it's got lots of fun ideas. My problem with this movie is that the best parts of it only happen in the last 28 minutes. Uh, and it is okay. it is a little bit of a, for me, because I, I, I watched it twice. We watched it over the weekend and I watched it again this afternoon just to, you know, brush up on, make, make sure I like, you know, had a solid, solid opinion on it. Here's the thing. I, you know, I think Elsie Fisher, who plays Abby in the movie, the main character, I think she's fine. And she was really good in Castle Rock, but I think she was kind of like meh in Texas Chainsaw. And I think she was kind of meh in this. I don't know if she's like lead role material or at the very least, I don't think she's shown it to me. I think she really needs to be like a, a side character. Do you think that she gets narrow cast as maybe a particular character that the character themselves don't necessarily carry, like main character energy, as I, they say? I don't know. I just I I I after seeing it the second time, I wasn't like super sold by her performance. I think almost every other character in the movie lifts the movie up, and she just kind of like rises with the tide, you know. So that okay, I, right. I, I just like, I just don't, I haven't seen a performance from her other than her performance in Castle Rock, which was great, but she also wasn't the main character of that season. She was sort of like working, I mean, she was working next to fucking, uh, what's her name? Janice Ian, uh, the, the, the chick who played Annie Wilkes in Castle Rock and we'll watch it. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. So she like had to, she acted alongside Lizzie Kaplan and Lizzie Kaplan's like a powerhouse actress, you know? So like if you don't have her like kind of working off of a real power actor or actress, like it's just, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't really sold on her. I, I, I and, and so like a lot of the movie, the first hour, cause it's a pretty breezy movie, you know, it's 90 minutes, but like the first hour of it, I was just like going along with it. I think, um, Mia Miller, as the uh, as Gretchen Lang, the possessed girl, the titular uh, best friend, she does a really good job. But really, the movie doesn't start to sing until Christopher Lowell as Christian Lemon shows up like in full force. <laughs> and it, oh, it isn't until he, that character shows up that the movie really just like <laughs> takes off because once he's in it, everybody's in for a treat. <laughs> He does steal the show. He's I will give super it to him. nice. This movie, I don't think I, I would probably give it a negative review if it wasn't for him. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. You got a lot riding mm-hmm. on that. But he's so good in it that I think this movie is totally watchable. But you know what I think this movie is? This is a great, um, like, younger, like, introduction horror movie. Like, it's great. If if any listeners are, like, uh, parents with babies. young children. Oh. Or big scaredy babies. <laughs> if any, if there's any listeners who are big scaredy babies, or if you have kids who you want to, in sort of, like, who are interested in horror, or you want to sort of uh, introduce them to, to horror, I think this is a really good one. I don't know why it's rated R. Again, because this really doesn't have anything going on in it that I think is worse than whatever we saw last week in Pray for the Devil. Um, But yeah, so I think this is a good introduction, like sort of kids horror movie. So like that, that would be my suggestion. You know, if you're if you're looking to introduce uh, younger people, kids or younger people in your family to to horror, this would be a good one, I think. Cause it's funny and, and it's got it, there's some good like uh, creepy stuff going on in the later half. So yeah, I I think that's that's where I'm sitting. What age mm. would you consider showing a, a kid this movie? <laughs> this movie? Anybody in middle school? Totally reasonable. Yeah, if you've got a if you've got a kid who's in you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, anywhere around there. So what's that like? You know, eleven, twelve, thirteen. This is like a perfect, perfect horror movie for them. There's no nudity uh, and there's very little, there's little to no gore. Uh, There's very little blood. I think that's like the perfect, this is a perfect like one you could show somebody. I mean, when I was 13, I was watching the original Friday the 13th Nightmare. Infinitely more titties in that movie. Yeah, if I can handle that, if my parents thought I could handle that, then all y'all can, you know, your kids can watch this one, no problem. So for you, this is, this is maybe a light recommend. This is a situational. Yeah, I'm going to give it a light recommend. I think if you're really looking for just like a light horror themed movie, uh, something a little funny. uh, If you have, you know, any children you're trying to like, you know, occupy their time like this. I think this would be a good one. Like I said, uh, I I, not super sold by the main character, but the (laughs) but Christopher Christopher Lowell like super steals the show. And I think. It's worth watching, if only just for that last half hour with him, because I think he's fucking so hilarious. I think this this is a good group watch. I think this is a fun. Oh, like, for sure. A couple people are over. You're looking for something that's not too crazy, uh, that everyone will still enjoy. I think this is a very, very applicable movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good group watch uh, as well. Because we, you know, uh, we we watch it as a group over here on our end too. So. We and we had a good time. I, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm reapproaching it after watching it today on my own with a little more critical view of it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's definitely a really good group watch. You could totally just throw it throw it on during like a party or something. You know, if you're having like a Halloween party. Yeah, I think uh, I think that sums up for us without any spoilers. Yeah, we'll crack it open as always. Uh, if you are interested in the movie we're talking about, my best friend's exorcism. Uh, and you don't want any spoilers, now's your chance to pause the show, uh, watch the movie, and then come back. Oh, actually, you know what? I forgot to share the IMDb trivia. Ooh, anything Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a couple of fun things. But actually, one thing that does tie right into this intro scene of the movie, there's, which we're, you know, about to see in the intro sequence, there's a Seventeen magazine, of which we <laughs> just did a quiz from, uh, while Abby and Gretchen are 
are talking via telephone. And the issue depicted is from 1988. It cost a dollar seventy-five, and it featured on the cover a 13-year-old Mia Jovovich. Whoa! Yeah, look at that. Who would that? Who would later all star? Is a horror all star because she would later star in about seventeen thousand Resident Evil movies. She's in um she's in other horror movies, but really, I when I think when my when Mila Jovovich enters my brain, it's just Resident Evil wall to wall. All it's all I can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Michael Wayne Foster, the actor who plays Micah Lemon in the movie, was the only Lemon brother. To have his hair cut into a mullet. All the others wear it. <laughs> and also, uh, Andras, the 63rd spirit, is a great marquee, a nobleman in England, France, and Germany, who commands 30 legions that has the body of an angel and the head of a raven, cat, or owl, depending on, you know, translations, circumstances, or translations. Um, and he's often depicted riding a black wolf and carrying a pointed saber. He, too, escalates quarrels and discord. Uh, Andras is going to be the name of the demon we're dealing with in particular in this movie. So apparently they did at least some research. You'll probably tell me later. Um, this is definitely within my sphere of occult knowledge. They have a lot of really fun references to a, uh, I would say, beginner's grimoire. Of demons. But, uh, but that's all the, and also the other, the last trivia is it's based on the book by Grady. And it's like, well, that's not trivia. That's just, that's just a fact. <laughs> that's just a fact. That's, a, that's like nothing fun. We know that already. But yeah, so why don't you give us the, uh, you know, kick us off with the intro to this movie. So we start our establishing shot of a nice overhead view of what looks like to be an idyllic little middle America town. You see uh, a owl floating around in frame, and we mm-hmm. get down to Gretchen's house. She is on yeah. the phone oh, with we're, Abby. And we're, and we're going to see that CGI owl the whole rest of the movie, plus more. He's important. <laughs> Apparently. Well, that's what I, after I read the fact that this guy, this demon, appears often with an owl for a head, I was like, oh, that makes all of the CGI owls make way more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine there's more uh, clarification in the that the novelization, but probably it, it, it is a, a kind of a lost reference in the movie. Yeah, they don't ever address it. it it's just sort of a thing the audience re- no- notices, but nobody in the movie ever pays any attention to, uh, even a little bit. But we meet our two main characters, our BFFs. <laughs> They are hanging out on the phone. Yeah, They're Abby and Gretchen taking a little, taking a little, uh, you know, t- uh, seventeen magazine quiz. Uh, we get to see, you know, pretty typical like eighties high school, middle school like girls' rooms. They got all sorts of shit glued to the wall. There's mm-hmm. about fifty tons of hairspray applied in this little uh, montage transition. We have a. Uh... A shot of our main character Abby. She's putting on a bunch of makeup. I mean, so is so is Gretchen. Um, but I think the makeup for Abby is like a plot point that comes up multiple times. We kind of get to see they're both getting ready for school, and they we kind of get to see what both of their home lives are like. So we see that uh, Abby is a little bit more uh, lower middle class uh, as far as their home. Uh, her mm-hmm. dad is like passed out uh, in the living room when she goes down in the morning 
and he's got a bunch of cans stacked up next to him on the on the couch and the TV's all static. So, you know, he was up all night crushing PBR. Oh, for sure. Isn't it so funny the like just falling asleep until your TV turns static? Like <laughs> an unheard of thing in this in this modern age. But what's also really funny and actually kind of kind of strange. But I'm looking at it right now. He fell asleep on his like the classic 80s 90s dad like armchair you know like it's um, it's just brown and stained (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like the 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 most generic looking like okay we all know what the 80s was like right right but i see on his little tray table next to him he has like you said literally it's a crushed pbr can next to or next to the pbr can is a crushed Dr. Pepper can. <laughs> Brand deal. Doctor. Dr. Pepper. Doctor. Call us. Come on, doctor. Actually, we it's not even Dr. Pepper. Doctor. It's Dr. K. I need it. If Kroger oh, wants to sponsor God. us, please. Kroger. Listen, Pepsi's never going to give us a deal. But Kroger might. <laughs> Look, I'll drink Kroger. Whatever. I'll drink whatever doctor yeah, I need Kroger, to. Kroger, if you want to talk. I'm I I prescribe me Dr. K. That's all I got to say. Uh, but we get to see some of... Uh, Gretchen's house, Gretchen's family's a lot better off. She's got all sorts of crazy fucking wallpaper. And her dad is sitting at the table. He's uh, a realtor. <laughs> and he's listening to a like like self-help tape called like Power Realtor Sees the Glory. It's the most specific, like narrow casted product I've ever heard of. <laughs> it is a faith-based Christian self help tape for realtors why <laughs> my god do you think this is one of those things that you had to order like from the back of a fucking magazine or some uh, shit absolutely absolutely well i mean that's how things were back in the 80s and 90s everything you got was from the back of the magazine but abby and gretchen are it's sort of like a you know back-to-back montage of them getting ready to leave the house and they leave at the same time so you get to see like uh you know Abby's parents are all passed out and not sort of like as present. Um, they like <laughs> she they leave her a note that says like here's two dollars. The salami went bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Gretchen's leaving, you know her mom is like, uh, "Excuse me," and she like wipes the lip gloss off her mouth and like gives her an apple like she as like a healthy her crucifix out over her shirt so oh, that everyone yeah, can see oh yeah she pulls see. the yeah. golden crucifix out yeah she yeah. has very but, conser- christian conservative yeah. parents but then so abby leaves the house she's the one who drives the car she's, and she pulls up she picks up gretchen and they do a cute little best friend thing where they're already ready like because abby's family can't afford food but then gretchen's family won't let her wear lip gloss so they trade and then Abby gets the apple and Gretchen gets the lip gloss. It's like, oh, isn't it great how we're all friends? Like, look how cute we all are, even though we're classes apart. We are best friends still, despite our class struggle. Friends across the wage gap. <laughs> <laughs> but we show up to school and we have uh, our other our other two buddies. This is kind of their girl gang. Uh, the worst. Well, it's a title card as they pull off. And then it's, you know... We pull up and it's like 
I, I get it. We're in the eighties, you know, but like Gretchen and Abby walk up to school, they're best friends, they're holding hands. And the first thing you hear is what's the, what is this other girl's name? Uh, uh the, there's Kathy or there's Margaret. No, it's, uh, uh, Glee. That's what they call her, right? Yes, you're right. right. Kathy Yang is the, the actress. So, me. but who's the other one? So not Glee, but the other Margaret. One. There's Margaret and Glee. So the, immediately the two, uh, Abby and, and, uh, what's her face walk up and they're holding hands and the other chick is like, you guys are so queer. And it's just like, oh, I forgot we're in the eighties. We have to, <laughs> we, we have to be like freewheeling with all of the like problematic terminology. That's my like one one of my issues with the movie is, is that like has that feeling of like trying to make a statement and take a position that like doesn't add to what the movie's about. You feel it's a little performative. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. It, it just and it and it loses like a lot of the humor at the same, you know, it, for the sake of trying to like make sure that like it, it covers its bases to, to like not like I feel Offend. I, I feel I kind of feel like a Joe Rogan apologist right now. But it's like it, it feels like this movie is trying to cover its bases too much to like make sure it doesn't like hurt anyone's feelings. And it sort of detracts from like what could be funny about it. And then also takes away from the message of just of just uh, how friendship, you know, like a really deep friendship can can endure, you know, and it it, it comes together later in the movie when it when it which is, which is the best part, the last half hour. But uh, but yeah, so we get like the the, the girls, they enter school um, they make like a, a wise crack. Oh, and they go to like a Christian school. Is that yeah, they they go to a they go to some sort of Catholic Catholic, Catholic school. school Catholic school. I was gonna say Catholic, but I was like, I don't know. Well, it is the eighties, and I've never heard of a Christian school. It's always referred to as Catholic school, but I feel like nobody. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a Catholic school. It's it, they're not there aren't a whole lot of Presbyterian academies. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've never heard of a I've never heard of a Christian academy. It's always a Catholic academy. Um, but this is where we're introduced to. Uh, Margaret's boyfriend Wallace the worst dude ever oh my god he comes up and he's like what up fuck bay and I wanted to throw up oh I my was like, god I could not dude. conceive of a worse uh like dude greeting he sucks so much it's so funny like I, I honestly I, I honestly was hoping that this movie would turn out to not be like a demon movie. And it was just, he was fucking with them all along just so I could see him bite it. Oh, that'd be because cool he, he does <laughs> such a good job at being the absolute worst and nothing happens to him in this movie. And it's really bumming me out. Uh, I mean, he definitely has a bad experience at some point, but. He, uh, he he gets out relatively unscathed by comparison. Yeah, yeah. All right. Like he yeah he gets out pretty he gets off pretty pretty light as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, everybody kind of they start their school day. We get a uh once the school day ends, we get a shot of um. There's a lot of yogurt eating in this movie. There is a lot of yogurt. Eating. Yeah, I don't know. Is that an eighties thing? Were people I don't, like really into yogurt in the eighties? Is that something I missed? I don't know, but yeah, it definitely. Like there's like a a lot of yogurt 
involved in this film. Uh, it's cause, cause Abby gets home. Her dad just shoveling yogurt into his mouth. He's watching a weird, like religious, um, sort of like cable, cable TV show where like there's the, it's like a Christian fitness show that he's watching. Um, Abby comes in and basically the, the parents for the most part are like non-existent in this movie. They have like a yeah, couple I mean, lines it, here and there, but it's one of those movies where it's about the kids. So just like, we'll show the parents. Um, <laughs> there's like a funny scene here where like her mom comes in and she's like got her cigarette lit and she's just like cracking open a box of hamburger helper. I'm like, Oh man. Well, yeah, she wanted to come home and eat her yogurt, but her dad's scarfing down the yogurt, and yeah. her mom's like, oh, well, hang out for a little while. You know, we're going to be – we're having hamburger helper for dinner, and she's like, no, mom, I'm going to Abby's house because her mom's hamburgers don't need any helper, which I was like, damn, that was a fucking comeback. Damn. Savage. Very savage. Get him. But So then we flip over to Gretchen's house. And, and she's they got also eating yogurt. chilling. Yeah, everybody's down on <laughs> everyone's yogurt. downing yogurt. This movie, um, I think we, I think they make like a couple jokes about um, so Abby's like into um into her like the priest uh at the or the father at the school the pastor whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he there's there's a couple mentions about her, you know, like having horny dreams about him and. You know, of using him as kind of like spank bank standard material. Stuff. She's got a crush on her teacher. It's a pretty standard, you know, teenage girl situation. While we're at Gretchen's house, we find out that her parents are going to be gone for the weekend. And so they all decide that they're going to take a little girl's trip out to a uh, like a lake house that I guess. Oh, and th- but then at some point, uh, Gretchen's family, like her mom and dad come into the room <laughs> And the mom goes, uh, Abby, would you be a deer and wash your feet before you put them on the the blankets? But they're laying on Gretchen's comforter, like on her bed. And it's just like, so, it's so mean. Like her. Yeah, it's it. It's just it's just to help drive home the fact that, you know, Gretchen's parents are fucking awful, shitty, annoying, you know, conservative. Yeah. Jerk-off. But so now we cut. Yeah, definitely. And so now we cut to a shot of them, a shot of them driving through, you know, it's one of those classic overhead, like bird's eye view shots of like them driving down the road. There's like trees on either side. But here we get this like unnecessary, like CGI owl that tracks through the whole shot. And it's like, I don't ominous. <laughs> an ominous fake owl. Uh, they're hanging out by the lake that they're, that they're, uh, there's right by the they're cabin. They're smoking bogues out on the dock. This is so funny. They're just smoking cigarettes. Bad they, 80s girls just smoking it up. Uh, so while they're out on the dock, they kind of talk about how there's this, like, weird little house that's, like, near their cabin. They're like, oh, we should go check it out. It's totally abandoned. It's, it's. Yeah, it's, like, 40 feet away from, <laughs> from their cabin. Just right, right down the road. And we have the the ever-present 80s trope of satanic panic. You know, one of the girls kind of mentions like, oh, it's it's abandoned because they were doing sacrifices there. Oh, yeah, of course. Also, you know what? I do have to say, though, I, I'm a sucker for for 80s soundtracks. So this movie's full of, like, good music as far as I'm concerned. Like, 
Music here is always Yo, good. Yeah, the the soundtrack for this movie does go. Then hard. we cut to like later at night. They got some. We got a we got a classic Domino's like an eighties Domino's uh, delivery. You see the old packaging, which was which was fun. Uh, they whip out a Ouija board. It's it's girls' night. We're gonna, but they pull out like this like f- really nice looking like wooden Ouija board with this like thick fucking planchette. This planchette must Yo, weigh like a I was, thousand pounds. I was really impressed. I, I initially I was looking at the board and I was like, "Oh, this is a kind of boring board." And then I was like, "Whoa, we're making it up for it in accessories." This planchette looks fucking amazing. It's huge. I've never seen a planchette this big in my whole life. Um, but they, uh, you know, call upon the spirits. Um, they ask, like, "Oh, you know, is anybody there?" '80s music is playing. Yeah. We hover over M, and then we kind of shift over to I, and, you know, they're like, stop moving it, I'm not moving it, you're moving it, and then we get to N, then we hear a noise off in the closet, right? right. They're all nervous, they're all freaked out, mm-hmm. get up to check the closet, and who's in there? Douchebag Wallace. <laughs> Douchebag Wallace, and, but the, here's the thing, this is where I get, like, where the it starts for me, you know, he, uh, Abby is the one who goes to check and he like jumps out and it's, there's a lot of these fake, you know, like it's actually like a double jump scare fake out because like she opens the door first and then like a broom falls out and scares her a little bit. But then like a creepy person in a mask jumps out after that and then scares her more. But then it turns out it's just Wallace and it's like, you're going to double jump scare me movie. <laughs> but, uh, like it, she, the actress who plays Abby does this like weird thing where it like looks like she's having a heart attack, but then also nobody pays any attention to her. And <laughs> and it's just like, like sometimes it feels like the performances in this movie, like nobody is gelling with each other. I mean, they're high school girls. Uh, Well, you know what? Bones and all had some high school girl moments and those really sold me on the movie. So. Oh yeah. That's pretty fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, this one is a comedy, I guess, but like still. Um, but yeah, while they're also while they're checking on the closet, that's when the planchette finishes spelling out the word mine. Yeah, it sneaks over to the letter E all on its own. And then we have the reveal as, as she's kind of getting scared off. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, they're all like, oh, it's just fucking Wallace. Wallace is here. Fuck you, Wallace. And what man. is the mask? What is the mask that he's wearing? Is it like a Nancy Reagan reference? Is that what that I is? I think it's like, if not Nancy Reagan, definitely someone. Who was uh, the, well, Nancy Reagan was the one who was like super anti-drug. Yeah, right? it might be Nancy. It's like yeah. such a caricature it, of a woman's face that like I can't, I don't see Nancy in it, but you know, very well could feel be. Feel free to let us know on Twitter, uh, but I think that's what it is. It would make sense. He's wearing like a Nancy Reagan mask or something like that. Um, he, he, <laughs> it cuts to a scene where he pulls out, he, he shows back up and he's like, He's got his handful of cocktails and he's like, here's some Harvey wall bangers. And I'm like, nobody, even in the 80s at this cabin would be making Harvey fucking wall bangers for yeah. anyone. <laughs> but then he also goes, uh, or I, as how I like to call him, Harvey will bangers. Oh. <laughs> he sucks. He sucks so bad. He sucks. Even though he's supposed to be a caricature, you know, he's still fucking it is the worst um but then he pulls out uh he I, he has like a big like a, a bunch of tabs of acid that he pulls out well he specifically mentions you know if, if you guys aren't into that kind of thing i did bring my cute friend mr owl and he pulls out like 
Oh a, yeah, here's another of, owl. It's like a li- it's like a little sheet of acid. So like I think there's maybe like right, but 12. an owl is is printed on yes. the sheets. Yes. So they all you know take a tab and uh, they're hanging out in the woods. They decide to go outside. Which by the way, I I would not do acid with any of these people. I myself have not done acid. Have you done acid? I have not. I've done some other hallucinogens. Uh, that I would I would never do around this group of people. They just don't they just not don't seem group. like the crowd. They're not very supportive. No, but these two, uh, get, uh, Abby and Gretchen, they're like, you know, I've never done this. You've never done this. Let's give it a shot. They link arms, drop their acid, and then we cut to everybody's out uh, at the end of the dock. Looks like we're skinny dipping. They're trying to figure yeah. out like, but they're, has, does, but they're not skinny dipping. It looks like we're gonna skinny dip, but we don't skinny dip. Um, everybody's kind of hanging out in the lake and starting to try to figure out like, okay, did did was this bad acid? Did it not work? Do you feel it? Do you feel it? I don't feel it. Nobody yeah. feels it. Oh, uh, what's her face? Abby doesn't go in because there's sort of this running theme in the movie that like Abby is super self-conscious about like her acne, you know, so she wears a lot of makeup. So she doesn't want to get wet because she doesn't want the makeup to get messed up. Margaret teases her about it and she kind of storms off. Uh, Gretchen follows her. They're like walking through the woods. She's trying to like console her. She's like, my face does look like a greasy pizza. It's ugly. It's bad. I, and she's like, take that back. It's not. Yeah, it's really, it's really like she's, Gretchen's correct. Like it's fine. You'll 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 totally be fine. You'll age out. You'll of age this. out of it. It'll stop. We all had terrible acne. But she's trying to be a good friend. She's trying yeah. to compliment her on some yeah, other. Yeah, they're good. They're good buddies. Up. They're almost as good as you and me. I mean, not nearly as good, but close. <laughs> I was trying to give them some credit. Um, but they they kind of stumble on that abandoned house that they were talking about. She's like, "Oh, come on! Like, let's go in and." Uh, Abby is like, fuck no, that's totally scary. That's awful. Why would we do and this? Gretchen's like, we love scary things. Let's let's go on an adventure. Come on, it'll be fun. And then they do some gross pig Latin. Is that pig Latin? Because we ran into this situation like where we were. I was talking about this a while ago, and I could have sworn everyone was like, no, this isn't. That's not pig Latin. It's a different thing. Whatever. It's the same goofy little girl shit. <laughs> Don't come, don't come at me with, is it pig Latin? Is it not pig Latin? Internet. All right. <laughs> so we're sneaking into the, the spooky house and it's very gross. It's very run down. There's like some kind of weird dark doorway and they stick their hands in and it almost looks like the shadows are like moving across their hands. Like it doesn't look like just normal darkness. Oh, looks yeah. like advanced darkness. It's, it is advanced darkness. And you're like, are are they actually being haunted or is this, are they, are they tripping? Is the LSD, is the LSD doing this? Can LSD do this? I don't know. They also, he, they hear some weird things and they're like, I don't know. Can LSD make you hear things? And I was like, I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> LSD can't make you hear things. Well, you'd have to do a lot. You'd have to do a, a fuckload. I'm no expert. But uh, no, one one tab of shitty 80s acid is not going to trip you into auditory hallucinations. But will it allow you to see this gross uh, like demon uh, eye, eyeball ball sack that they find in the corner? Without a doubt. So they wander into this room. There's like graffiti all over the place. Gretchen says, smells like somebody died in here. And they see this gross, like stickly. uh, It's like a Blair Witch ball sack. 
Yeah, it's 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 like a a, a shrine that's kind of arranged around what looks like almost like a hive, mm, like a beehive. And the thing like coughs a little bit, and you see all these spores, and then all of a sudden the the like crevice in it cracks open, and there's an eyeball in it. And it shoots around the room, and Abby takes the fuck off. Gretchen trips and eats shit, and she hurts her knee, so she can't get out as fast. Mm-hmm. But man, fucking. Abby is fucking gone. She's gone. She's already in the woods. She is like, nope, nuh-uh. Took too much acid to handle this. But both of them are hearing each other's voices, but neither of them are near each other. And that's kind of how they get separated. Because they keep thinking that they're yes. all, that both of them are right next to each other, which is cool. And you know what? It, it made me think about how, like, it's odd that I feel like I've encountered a lot of horror comedies that end up having, like, creepier ideas and creepier special effects than movies that are actually trying to be scary. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this does a really good job of being a horror movie in this section, I think. Yeah. You know, it looks really good. Uh, You know, you have a a fun mechanic that kind of isolates the two of them, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like It kind of gave me... She's uh... running through the woods, and she thinks she hears her friend, and she thinks she hears her other friend in the house, so she's running around the house. Yeah, it kind of gave me some some, uh, Jennifer's body vibes in this scene. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Abby runs into the two girls outside, and they're like, where the fuck is Gretchen? Meanwhile, Gretchen is getting dragged down a hallway in the house off screen and we don't know what's happening Mm -hmm. to her but it doesn't sound good sounds bad sounds real bad no it sounds really bad really really bad for gretchen so they go you know skulking back through the woods they're like oh fuck we gotta go find her they show up back at the house the spooky house not the cabin but the whole group this time minus wallace yeah where the fuck is well they they say he he went home which which like leads to a thing they Uh, say straight up yeah they say which they say later in the movie they bring up as like a a point of contention but um so now all three of them are skulking through it be stinky it be stinky they as do fuck say it's stinky um and then they oh <laughs> this is when we get another jump scare because they go back into the room with the gross demon ball sack but instead of that scaring them uh, a raccoon pops out and goes and then scurries off and it's like oh shit i'm scared of the raccoon it's so funny the the raccoon like kind of sits up and puts one hand up and then the other hand up like oh please don't shoot me it's very funny i love a good raccoon gag uh and then we eventually they do find gretchen and like abby goes like where were you gretchen and gretchen goes where were you and then we uh and thus starts thus starts the the guilt trip of a movie against where now every but everything like gretchen or not gretchen abby is just gonna feel shitty more and more the whole rest of the movie (laughs) but uh but yeah so she there's like this really dramatic moment i I think the actress amia miller as gretchen i think gretchen really sells the like the trauma of being (laughs) possessed by a demon here she does a, like a really yeah, good job. Yeah, she looks awful. Yeah. She looks. She, I mean, it, it helps that she was just in the lake. You know, her hair's all like wet mm-hmm. and stringy, and she like she doesn't want to talk about it. Like she's just like, we need to go home. I want to go home now. We can't stay but here. But now we cut to the next day, or I guess the Monday after the week, the weekend here. They're all back in school, and there's an assembly going on. And here's where we meet the Lemon Brothers. The Lemon Brothers. <laughs> Now, the Lemon Brothers are part of a group called Faith and Fitness, <laughs> which is a almost not even a parody 
of a powerlifting group of devout, devout Christians uh, from the 80s. They, yeah, so imagine, like, the combined uh, uh, melodrama and spectacle that is WWE, along with the evangelism of, like, daytime Christian television. These guys would come out and perform feats of strength and attribute them to... You know, like, oh, we're lifting for Jesus. Jesus gives us the power. We're so strong and big, and all of our muscles are full of Jesus and God. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I think this movie, I don't think these guys count as a parody because they're not as insane as their real-life counterparts. Dude, okay, so the real-life <laughs> counterparts uh, were called the Power Team. Oh They're God. a group of Christian evangelists uh, from Dallas, Texas. Of course they'd be from fucking Dallas. <laughs> they would, like, go to, like, all these, like, high schools and churches and malls and pretty much anywhere that they can go, like, put on a show. They would do these assemblies and do all these crazy feats of strength to, you know— kind of coax people into the christian message and uh i i I watched probably four and a half hours worth of like the real life power team videos they are fucking bonkers i've never seen guys who looked more like they were on steroids but claimed not to be on steroids um it was god juice it was the power of jesus deep within them holy water they just drank a gallon of holy water a day I, I have to imagine that these guys really were really good at bringing in uh, a, a, a certain type of guy into the Christian religion. The type of guy that might be susceptible to uh, indoctrination. Yeah, they probably actually did a lot of harm to our current society. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like they brought in a lot of angry guys and a lot of gay guys. I feel like those were the, the two groups that they were like, Ah, yes, we have guys who are super angry and want to pick up heavy stuff, and we also have a big contingency of uh, gay guys who show up and want to see big, you know, ripped-up dudes (laughs) fuck shit up with their muscles. (laughs) But I watched probably, like, 30 minutes straight of this guy just taking baseball bats and, like, breaking them over his knee. Uh, That He felt really uh, invigorated by God to do that. I watched one where a man laid down, he held like a, a board that had nails in it, and then another man laid on top of that board of nails and then bench pressed the log. Oh, I saw that one. For Jesus? For yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I think I sent you screenshots <laughs> of that one. Um, <laughs> But like, these guys are like lighting shit on fire and breaking like huge, like, chunks of ice with their like shoulders and they're punching through boards and shit and it's all like you know strong men fucking tricks to break stuff and beat shit up but it's just like the fucking goofiest group of dudes yeah they're absolutely wild and honestly the version of these dudes in this movie are way more toned down so it's hard to call them a parody but i understand where this movie's coming from (laughs) But so we get uh, back to the movie. We get the uh, the faith and fitness crew. Uh, it's, it's these the three, three guys. They're the three Lemon Brothers. That's what they're called. I think it's Micah and who else? The oldest is Micah. Then we have Jonah. And Jonah and Christian. Christian. And Christian is going to be the Lemon Brother that we focus on in this movie. 
He's the youngest of the. Of wow! The now that I'm looking at it, Christian is definitely wearing a wig. Holy shit! Oh, for, <laughs> well, like I said, Micah is the only one who isn't wearing a wig. All the other ones are wearing wigs. Or the other. And it's two so funny because like they're all different sizes, right? So like first yeah. you have like the oldest brother, and he's fucking huge, and yeah. then you have the middle brother. He's like you know still he's a big. Pretty dude. big. But then, pretty big. But then Christian is just like he's like in shape, but he's not. He he would never be part of this group in real life. They got a bunch of cinder blocks stacked up on the big one's stomach, and the other one fucking drives a sledgehammer, crushes them all into nothing. Oh, that's the other thing about these groups. The fucking material costs to put on one of these shows must have been insane. They were going right? through fucking cinder blocks and baseball bats and giant slabs of ice, which I guess is relatively cheap, but you got to get that from somewhere. Right, but yeah, I mean, they definitely, like, funded either Home Depot or Lowe's, which is the more, uh, who contributes more I mean, to the Republicans' uh, campaigns, Home Depot or Lowe's? Matt. Matt, it's a PSYOP. They're both owned by the same <gasps> parent company. No! <laughs> uh, the Faith and Fitness crew are putting on a real fucking show, and the kids are busting up laughing because it's obviously the goofiest shit in the world. Right, it's so but stupid. But Gretchen is sitting there, and she is, like, completely dead. Almost foaming at the mouth. She's, like, shaking. And as he's passing out... Uh, keychains from a bucket christian like notices her and is very like disturbed like he know he like it's clear that he sees that something's going on with her even though like nobody else seems to that uh assembly ends and then we cut to sort of like a shot in the like the courtyard during lunch we get like a funny scene where the gretchen just has like this baloney sandwich that she just like throws at a bunch of pigeons and i don't know why it just was like a really funny shot for me where she goes she's like <laughs> nauseous she doesn't have an like any appetite she's like i'm not hungry yeah. and they're all trying to get through to her and be like yo like you know eat this eat that and it's yeah. just kind of going nowhere this is we learned that this is where we learned that glee one of the the friends is allergic to peanuts yeah like major allergic like has her EpiPen on her yeah like, she makes an EpiPen joke Meredith and her boyfriend start making out yeah and Gretchen's like would you stop sucking face and then Wallace is just like I forget what he says but he he he's like gets mad at her and says that she smells like dried spit and I was like what does that smell like he goes I don't care if you had a bad trip she's been a snatch and she smells <laughs> like dried spit what does that smell like but either way, I, I have gross. right after right after he says that, we get a great a great demonic possession projectile vomit. Gretchen just spews all over <laughs> Wallace and a little bit on on Margaret, but like mostly on Wallace. Oh um, yeah, she's sitting across from Wallace, and it's just like straight up, you know, possession vomit fire hose style. Like we've all seen it, we know so what it's like. much. He's like, he's like, this is Lacoste. He's like grabbing yeah. his t-shirt he's like yeah, he's this so is worried. he's not even worried about the fact that he just got projectile vomited on he's just worried about the state status of his his expensive t-shirt that's when like we cut to back at home with abby and she asks her mom who's you know sm smoking her cigarette and reading like i don't even know what she's reading i think it's like home a home health nurse home i read health it down because i was like of course she's smoking and reading a fucking nursing like 
Yeah, it's so funny. She asked her, she's like, is it true what Nancy Reagan says? Do the drugs screw up your life? And the mom's like, why are you considering a Coke habit? Like, (laughs) I'm like, this mom is, is much too two thousands to be in this movie. This is like a, this is a two thousands mom. She's very real. It's very funny, (laughs) but she's kind of like, yeah, you know, just fucking keep your nose clean. Like don't, don't fuck with drugs. Like you're on scholarship. Also, Abby's eating a classic Salisbury steak dinner, which you know what? I, I'm I'm a Salisbury steak apologist. I know it's it's like super basic, but I really enjoy a Salisbury steak. I don't even I can't even imagine the last time I had Salisbury steak. I think stuff, I must man. have been a fucking kid. It's good stuff. Not good for you, but it's it warms the soul. <laughs> we kind of fast forward a little bit in the day and we're back at Gretchen's house. And uh, she's in bed, and we see that, like, a blanket kind of falls off. And then this weird thing happens where this it looks like the blanket is, like, flat on the ground, and it looks like something is, like, starting to crawl up and, like, rise up underneath the blanket. But, like, not something huge, like, something, like, No, it's, like, a little lump. But it's, like, but it's a good, like, creepy, uh, like, sort of haunting scene, which it, and it honestly looks better than anything this stupid lump in a blanket looks better than like anything from pray for the devil a hundred percent like sometimes man it like the com like i said the the horror comedies they just like get it you know they're not afraid to put goofy things on screen because a lot of time that ends up being creepier like i don't know sometimes i think like the more like mid-tier horror movies the problem is that like whoever is in charge of the special effects like they try too hard, you know. Yeah, uh, it's a little so, too over the top. Yeah. But no, it's it's got it's got a nice it's sensibility good. of like just enough. Yeah, it's creepy. And then we get now we cut to the next day. We're back in class, and we get one of my favorite scenes where we get. The- oh my god, <laughs> this nun, Sister Kathleen, their teacher. <laughs> She is teaching a class on, based on context clues, I can only assume is about uh, pussy anatomy and liquor. Yeah, this is a, a sex ed. <laughs> this is definitely a sex ed class because there's a a chalk drawing, a very clean looking chalk drawing of the anatomy of the vagina and the uterus. Um, and then uh, there's like some chalk draw or chalk writing that I think says like it's talking about like something about mood swings and cognitive stuff and then there's like a bunch of tiny text that i can't read that just has an arrow pointing to the words poor choices underlined all capitals she's trying to illustrate to them that you know if you drink you're gonna fuck up your life i think what i think she calls uh she says she she calls it rape juice (laughs) she does she goes eat she's holding up a bottle of vodka and she says each one of these contains a dangerously high amount of alcohol by volume. And then she just lists the flavors and she goes, glorious grape, melon escape, cherry explosion to name just three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just so f- fucking funny. But yeah, then she calls it rape juice. Oh, she says the police, the police call, it, call rape it rape juice. <laughs> right. The police call it rape juice. <laughs> so this is when we get to see uh, Abby's crush. Brother oh, yeah. Morgan. The se- sexy brother who I thought was going to have more play in this movie than he does. But he really doesn't do anything. He's like not essentially not a character. Um, and also not that hot. But, you know, who am I to? It's like a, it's like a, you know, a teacher thing. I, 
I cannot tell you like how many girls are like, oh yeah, I had a crush on my teacher, and then they show me a teacher, and I'm like, this is the ugliest dude I've ever seen, and they're like, no, 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 no. it does not matter. That's not the important part. <laughs> it's not the important part. It's an authority thing. Yeah. Um, but during this like weird class exchange, yeah, uh, Gretchen is kind of like, hey, like I gotta use the bathroom, and the nun is like, we're on God's time now. You should have thought of that before you came to class. You should have gone at home. Oh my god. And then she pulls the most badass move. If if this was not a possession movie, she would be the coolest girl in school. I think she's still the coolest girl in school regardless. Well, you're right. You're right. But like people in this movie are like are disgusted by her, but in a real Catholic school, she would be like top dog from pulling this maneuver because the nurse or the nun says like uh we're on God's time, you should have gone at home. So she just walks up to the front of the class squats on top of the tea, the nurse's garbage can and just pisses in it. And the nurse, just, the nun goes, ah, I'm calling her parents and like sprints out of the room. The confidence in her face. She's like, all right, cool. I'm going to piss in this bucket now. Bye. I love it. I love it. It's probably my, one of my favorite parts of the movie. But I think we, we cut from there to like the next day in class and Abby realizes that Gretchen's not there and she she runs by her house at the end of the day. She kind of drives by and uh, Gretchen's dad is outside watering his grass and she's just checking up. And she's like, hey, like Gretchen isn't at school. Is she OK? Is, you know, and uh, the dad's kind of like, thanks for stopping by. We need some family time. Just like super vague. Doesn't really doesn't really answer any questions. But then immediately Gretchen like runs out down the driveway and she's like go 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 and she hops in the car and they speed off yeah and and this is where after they park this is where gretchen sort of confides in abby that like she she says that like there was somebody there with them at the that house by the cabin and that like something happened and now like every night he he comes into her room and Abby is like questioning because she's like she's assuming that she was raped and she's like is it your dad was it you know like what happened you know and she goes like, every we night take him to the police yeah she goes every night he comes into my room and he sits on my chest and I'm like oh that's a demon demons do that <laughs> immediately I went that's that's a demon if you guys knew anything about it you you would, you would immediately be able to identify that's demon behavior getting progressively upset like in the car like she looks like total shit by the way uh yeah like and and completely and, like <laughs> pale skin her eyes are all fucking red yeah and amia miller a, a, as gretchen is putting on like this really good performance like showing how emotionally like distressed she is and again elsie fisher as abby just doesn't sell it for me like, she never looks anything more than just kind of, like, mildly inconvenienced this whole movie. It's just, like, I just don't... I, she just never quite goes as, like, deep emotionally as, like, I need her to go, even in a comedy, you know? Mm -hmm, it, she mm -hmm. She's just very, very surface level. And her yeah, and I mean, she's she acting like, next yeah, to a we'll chick who's... And she's acting next to a girl who's just, like, fucking putting everything into this movie that she can. And it doesn't always work, but at least she's trying. But yeah, so. it's like, so we we get, like, like, she even says things like, I can't, I can't change clothes, I can't shower because I can't let him see me. You know, she's like, I can feel him all the time looking at me. And so I think, like, the next couple scenes are of 
Abby, she goes to... Does she go to Gretchen's parents kinda, first? Yeah, so she she goes home first, and she, she opens up, like, this, like, teen magazine to an article uh, about, oh, like, right. people being sexually assaulted, and she's kind of reading it, and she's kind of, like, making connections in her head. She's like, oh, I think something happened. But then she goes back to Gretchen's house, uh, unbeknownst to Gretchen, and kind of tries to present it to her parents uh as like hey i know we did a bad thing but the other night we took we did take some drugs at the weekend house and uh something happened and i i think gretchen was assaulted and the parents immediately fixate on you did you took drugs drugs? yeah yeah so she's trying to, to like convince them like no, no no you don't understand like your daughter was assaulted like something happened something's going on and they're like getting hysterical and she's like get out of my house like I you need to leave and we immediately cut from that scene to school we're in front of sister Catherine again in her office and the and, and the other uh, guy yeah and brother uh, brother father Marin wh- whoever whatever brother Morgan Morgan Morgan. I should have known Morgan. It's always a Morgan. It's always a Morgan. Um, but the the principal is pretty much giving her n- no help either. She's like, "Hey, you know, her well, parents she says, called me yeah, and told she's... me that you would come here and try to sully her good name." Ugh. And then she she kind of like flips it back on her and she's like, "If you're selling drugs on my campus, tempting all of my students, we will pull that scholarship so fast your head will spin. It's yeah, like, yeah. no one is listening to this fucking girl. No, no one is taking the time to go, okay, let's hear what she's saying. Why is she saying that? What's going on with this other girl? It's just kind of like, all right, well, this girl's a liar. Fuck her. Yeah. All right. So this is where one of my like problems with this movie comes back to like, so again, like, like I was saying earlier, I, I think this movie is trying to tackle too many things you know, in one 90 minute horror comedy. Like, I, I feel like this whole like false rape accusation sort of like st- like t- five minute storyline, it like kind of like brings the whole movie down like tonally, you know, like a lot. It's definitely not comedic, but I think that's what kind of like I, I disagree. I think it's what kind of sells like um gabby or not gabby uh abby's arc i think it kind of like makes sense for her to not immediately go oh she's possessed by a demon you know what i mean she wasn't there she didn't see like the demon like take her or anything yeah she saw the creepy thing but she you know did acid for the first time so she's having a hard time like attributing like what was the trip and what what actually happened well yeah that's i think we could have just left it at the weird trip I just feel like it's like too almost too heavy of a subject matter, especially again compared to like the like comedy of errors and like goof troops and shenanigans that happen in like the third act of this movie. Like it this this movie kind of is like a, is a real roller coaster of tone. So like so for me, I was just like, oh, this is this is a bit heavy, you know. I mean, I'm fine with it, but I feel like other people might you know hit this point in the movie. And definitely be like, oh, this is, this is like a little too heavy. I don't know if I want to keep watching this. But um, but even and so after even after that scene with the with the nurse or I keep calling her a nurse. What was wrong with me? <laughs> with the nun, um, we get another. So like basically, uh, Abby eliminates her entire social circle in like <laughs> one fell swoop. 
because she calls uh she calls Glee and is like, "All right, here's my theory. It was Wallace that must have done it to Gretchen. Uh he's a creep and he was conveniently just like not there anymore at, at one point in the night. Like apparently he just went home uh and, and then turns out Glee who Oh, we we forgot to talk about how Glee had we've been like seeing her like over the course of this movie, like throwing like pining and longing glances at uh at, at Margaret the whole movie. Yeah, she's kind of like got like a little thing for Margaret, but like you know it's it's clearly one way. Like you know Margaret seems pretty obsessed with her terrible, awful boyfriend Wallace, but yeah, she yeah. calls her and she's like you know I. I I think something happened the other night. I think it was Wallace. He wasn't there with us. And she was like, well, why do you think that? Like, that doesn't make sense. And she's like, even though it totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's a definite, definite valid theory. But she's kind of insinuating that, you know, he did it. He's a total dillweed. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, Margaret jumps into scene where Glee is. And she's, you know, had her on speakerphone the whole time. So Margaret's heard everything. And she's pissed. She's like, why do you always want to fuck up everything good in my life? Like, never speak to me again. I can't believe you would accuse my boyfriend of that. Like, you're fucked. Yeah, and then the next day she goes to school and the two girls are completely ignoring her. But then they leave and then Wallace, like, walks up to her and just fucking gut punches her, dude. Just drops her instantly. And I'm like, whoa, we're going (laughs) to... We're just going to show this dude just totally decked this girl and nobody's going to say anything about this? Nah, this is, this is 80s. It's the 80s. 80s. You could punch a girl. Nobody, you could punch anything. Punch anything. You could, matter. you could get in fights with full-grown adults that your parents would never hear about. If you're a hot jock, you can punch anything. It's fine. You know, equal rights, equal fights. That's what they say. Is that what they say? I mean, nobody good, but yeah. Well, all right. Uh, okay. That's for villains. It's a villain thing. Uh, but yeah, so after that, I believe the next thing that happens is uh, Abby like go, goes and like does the the throwing rocks at the windows to uh, to get at, uh, Gretchen's attention. But then like she doesn't answer because she's busy being, you know, <laughs> uh, assaulted, assaulted by a demon nightly. Uh, and then the next day after that, we have like sort of like a, I don't know, school fair. I I see this a lot in like TV shows and movies. I never attended a school that had anything even remotely close to this with duck this dunk to me tanks and feels fucking. way more like the Christian side of things because I've been to plenty of Christian fair events hosted by the church that I used to go to when I was a kid. They would have all it's all, you know, it's all a fucking money making scheme. Well, of course, you know, the kids are going to come spend whatever fucking dollars they have on stupid bullshit at school and everybody's making a a, a dollar, you know, in God's house. (laughs) But they have they have the dunk tank and they're trying to get, you know, some volunteers to get to to get dunked the the dunky. And uh, I think I th- oh I also so we so now we have Abby and Gretchen they're in front of this dunk tank talking and Gretchen her mouth is just like nothing but sores she's got this gross like poxy looking <laughs> lip situation going on and <laughs> Abby just goes what's wrong with your mouth and she's like ah it's nothing and then she's like all right it looks it looks heinous. It looks she, bad, bad. She, this is not like, oh, I have a little chap lip. This is like 
you have an infection. You need to see a doctor immediately. Penicillin yeah. is involved. Yeah, you you definitely <laughs> You definitely need penicillin and that's that might this might be a permanent thing. Yeah, this might be <laughs> This might be a Band-Aid on your face every once in a while situation. Uh, and then so Gretchen volunteers Abby to be the donkey. And Abby is hesitant, um, mostly because she has a thing about getting wet. Because like we said earlier, she has like a, uh, she's self-conscious about her face. So she doesn't want her makeup to get messed up. Uh, and then eventually Abby like relents and she goes and sits up there. And then Gretchen takes the first throw and just immediately dunks her right on in there. And it's fucked because she's even like, she tells her, you know, she's manipulating her, obviously. But she's like, you know, don't worry. Like, I, I, there's no way I can hit the target. Just get up in there. Whatever. This is your chance to flirt with Brother Morgan. Mm-hmm. Which is like, no, it's not. No, and then when Brother she... Morgan is not the dunk tank. How is this an opportunity for them to interact? <laughs> right, exactly. And then when she gets, when once she gets dunked and she comes out, like Brother Morgan hands her like a, uh, a, a, a cloth. And Gretchen goes, oh, you're so sweet, brother or father Morgan or brother Morgan. She goes, no wonder Abby thinks of you while she rubs her nub. And then Ugh. it's just like, oh, no. Rubs her nub was so fucking gross. <laughs> ultimate embarrassment. And Abby just like soaking wet, just stalks away. And it's really sad. Like it's, it is like a really... Ugh, it's it's so uncomfortable and like sort of like heart wrenching. It's really bad. Uh, it it just we, makes me laugh because like the idea that anyone would make fun of this girl for having like a little bit of like a couple pimples on her face, you know, a bad outbreak because she's a teenager. Meanwhile, her friend has like a full blown <laughs> like stage five herpes infection <laughs> on her mouth. It's like uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that. The girl with the pimples is not the one that's going to be getting roasted. Right. And she like, even with makeup all running and all over her face, like she's still clearly just like an attractive actress. <laughs> but like her her friend is, like you said, has just like the apocalypse of of like uh, pimple outbreaks on her lips. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, um, but they have like a little like eventually Gretchen like catches up with Abby in the bathroom and like sort of apologizes to her. Like she has sort of a uh, lucid moment and then she goes and sits into like a stall and does this thing where while they're talking, she's like stabbing her palm with like a, a, a fucking pin, you know, like a push pin. Yeah. Like a push pin. She, Abby tells Gretchen pretty much like, Hey, fuck off. Like you knew that was a secret. Why would you tell him uh, I should have never told you. I can't believe you just embarrassed me in front of literally everyone like that. And as she's in the stall, like stabbing her uh, hand, there's these kind of like shadows that are starting to grow around her. Like, oh, off is the there? Wall and in the stall. Yeah, it's kind of spooky. Oh, but it helps to make right. like the, the lighting inside the stall a little darker. It kind of gives you juxtaposition. But uh, I never even noticed that the first time around. That's crazy. Yeah, but she's she's telling her, like, you know, I'm the only person that was trying to help you, and now I do not give a fuck. You can rot in hell, loser. Like, you're all alone. And you start hearing this, like, echo of, like, the voice, like, you're all alone. You're all alone. All alone. All alone. But then she goes home. She has a little shit fit. You know, she rips up all of their pictures off her wall. Like, typical, like, girl just broke up with her friend situation. She's crying. She's mm. all fucked up. 
This is her right, best and, friend, and her best friend just literally blew out, like, all of, like, the craziest <laughs> fucking secrets. <laughs> and this is where we get a uh, a shot. The, the next scene is the same night. Now that she's alone and she feels alone, this is when the demon can finally, like, take hold of Gretchen. And so we get this possession scene. She's like flapping around in her bed in the darkness while her parents are like uh, setting up the the fucking like alarm system downstairs to like the tune of her being possessed. It's like really weird. So like the the alarm goes off because the demon set the alarm off. Let's be real. Yes, of course. And then under the cover of the siren, the, the fucking demon thrashes the shit out of her. It's like pinning to her bed, slamming her against the bed, you know, a million mm-hmm. times. She's frothing at the mouth. It's just going real bad. Yeah. And, and so in the parents, even he comes, her. Yeah, he comes running up and he's like, are you OK? And she's like, I'm fine. Meanwhile, he's she's phasing away from him and she has like completely white eyes and she's like writing like a like a cave person where you have like, the pen, like just like the whole pen in your fist and you're in just your writing. Fist, yeah. And she's just writing help over and over and over again. <laughs> and he's just like, well, all right, I guess I'll just go back to bed. And then we cut to the next day and it's at back at school. They're in science class, which I guess brother Morgan teaches science. And he goes, it's my favorite day of science. Kids F- fetal pig dissection day. It's fucking sicko. Also, <laughs> I like for, for, for a, a Christian Academy. This is a this is a pretty serious science lab. I'm right? surprised I, at how much science is being taught. I at never, this Catholic I never school. got to dissect anything other than a frog in in school. You want to hear something really pathetic? I never even got to dissect a frog. We had to dissect worms. Oh, There's I did worms first. Worms. <laughs> I did a long ass worm first, but then we upgraded to frog. But we never went beyond frog. We never did feed. I think it was because I was in like the deplorable classes. Like I think the AP kids got to dissect something bigger, but they're like, these freaks, you can't give them knives. You know what? You're probably right. I was also in the deplorable class. So (laughs) that's probably why I didn't get, (laughs) get allowed to uh, dissect anything other than a frog. But uh, also we get Gretchen uh, walks in looking like 10 million bucks, right? Like she's totally flipped around. She's, you know, her hair's looking good. She's got a nice outfit on. <laughs> That's kind of the weird thing about this scene is she does do one of those like, you know, I'm a different person now, like slow-mo 80s sort of walk-ins. But she just doesn't have herpes all over her mouth. But she doesn't look any better than she did at the beginning of the movie. So there's like this scene where everyone's like, oh shit, Gretchen. But I'm like, this is just how she looks. <laughs> like she doesn't look, she's not wearing like a, it's not like, you know, a Jennifer's body situation where she's like altered her Catholic outfit where now her skirt's super short and her like her blouse is open. <laughs> she's just she's actually got more clothes on because she's wearing this like big, thick sweater. She just has, I don't know, maybe more lip gloss on than normal. But I was like, what are we shocked about here in this scene? Just that she doesn't have all the herpes on her mouth? Yeah, I think it's just that she doesn't look like total shit anymore. Everyone thought it was like a permanent thing. and Now she's better. <laughs> But yeah, I but I, I actually found that to be a funny play on the 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 trope, you know, where instead of her like being like super like like sexed up and objectified as like a high school student, she, they give her the same shots that you would get in any other movie, but she just looks like normal and is wearing a sweater. So I actually like uh, especially the second time I watched this, I I actually really laughed 
pretty hard at this scene. She even gets like the little slow mo camera movement too. But it's yeah, like, like they're, they're, her hair's blowing like there's a fucking industrial fan in the right, classroom. Right. Uh, I she, think uh, like uh, she has like a quick little snippy conversation with Abby and then they start cutting into their pigs and like Gretchen like stabs her pig. But then Abby's pig like like comes to life and squeals. And then uh, again, there's another scene where I'm like, I feel like a, I don't want to say a better actress, but maybe a different actress could have like sold this more. I don't know. Like every time like uh Abby gets like scared of something in this movie. I just don't buy it. So like, I was like, all right, she's whatever. Startled. She's, she's startled about a thing, whatever. But but yeah. So the pig, the baby pig, comes to life for a second, but it's not. It's just a hallucination. Then everyone laughs at her. It's like, oh, oh, oh isn't it, look at the girl, weird girl, isn't she just pathetic? And it's like, all right, I get it. Uh, then and after they- that, it's like lunch break, and this is where we get a. Uh, Gretchen starts flirting with Wallace, and that's how you know something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, because no one other than Meredith would even consider flirting with Wallace. He's just the fucking worst. Yeah, he he really does. He sucks. He says something like she falls on his lap intentionally, and he some, says something like, you're so light, I could put you on my jock and spin you like a top. And I'm like, ew. Like, who yeah. wrote this guy? This is like... <laughs> This guy's like the absolute worst. Right next to his girlfriend too, he says that. Like Yeah, like literally on. sitting like almost ass to ass with his girlfriend, like weird. And then he's like, she but- fell on me. Oh, but this is when uh this is when Gretchen fucking uh Regina George is her. Yes, it is yes. a Regina George move. This is a, this is a Regina George move. So Gretchen uh starts pouring this like liquid out of a thermos. And Mar- Margaret's like, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's like literally the same line from Mean Girls. She's like, oh, this is like my mom's weight loss drink that she has from like France or something. She's like, oh, we, we have a ton of it. Do you want some? And so they just, I she guess, I, I guess supplies her with this weight loss drink. And I'm like, this is the, the same plot thread from Mean Girls. This is a part where, like, we should have seen, like, Margaret's, like, I guess, weight issues introduced a little bit earlier. It probably was at some point in some way. Yeah, in in a different cut of it or in the book, for sure. Yeah, but, like, this is the first time we're hearing that, like, Margaret is, like, legitimately, like, concerned at all times with her weight. Which also, for the time period, is, like, a pretty reasonable... Yeah, it definitely tracks. But, yeah, it it is a... It is a point against the movie that, like, we've never seen that, seen or heard anything about that. I guess, like, you're, you're just supposed to kind of, like take it since she's like a cheerleader i guess you know or whatever but it's like come on (laughs) i guess after that scene i think the next the next like big one is the like uh locker room scene between all the girls oh well we have the fetal pig we have the fetal pig payoff oh right where it then the night after um abby like wakes up like from a nightmare and she like lifts her covers up and there's like the fetal pig like right right by her crotch and it's all bloody and stuff and she screams and then her mom like comes in and then it's not there anymore yeah it's a it was a, so this is a pretty the, good one the, the mom is like oh jesus christ you scared the shit out of me <laughs> like, yeah she, the mom's really funny i i like i really like abby's mom in this movie i think she's played by uh she's played by rachel cohen who most of the people in this movie are are all like comedy actors and actresses. Uh, Elsie Fisher, who plays Abby, is really the only one with like a solid, you know, 
horror pedigree. Um, but yeah, then we kind of we get a couple shots of Abby. She's like all alone. Gretchen's hanging out with everybody else. Nobody wants to be friends with Abby. She's so anymore. cool and demonic now. We cut to so there's like a locker room scene now where uh, conveniently all you know four of the girls are in there. Uh, Abby tries to apologize to Gretchen, and Gretchen doesn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, she's still and she's still drinking from like her thermos, you know, presumably drinking this like uh, weight loss shake that she was given. But also like Abby is like, so what's the deal is uh, is Gretchen with Wallace now? And Margaret's like, whatever. I don't I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of like stumbled across them flirting in the hallway before she got in the locker room. Right. But isn't it so weird that like she's still drinking the weight loss stuff that Gretchen, who stole her boyfriend, gave her? Like, I feel like that would be, like, a no-go. But I guess she's more concerned about the weight loss. The objective is to be skinny as fuck. Not yeah, that I guess boyfriend. So. But she's so... <laughs> she is that... I mean, listen, I guess we... I was gonna say, but she is skinny as fuck, but that never... St- you know, that's obviously not the issue. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> but we get a, a... And then we see the other two, Glee and Gretchen, are on the other side of the locker room. And Gretchen is like, oh, like she basically convinces Glee to say something to Margaret about how she doesn't need to lose weight because she's like so pretty, you know? She got a note earlier on in the movie from a secret admirer, but it was very obviously like uh, Gretchen wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she convinces Glee that like, you know, uh, Meredith was the one who wrote it. Wrote the like, note. Hey, like, you know. You should you should go talk to her like, you know, she's clearly starving herself. Like maybe if she felt loved, like, you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't do this to herself. And so Glee is like, oh, yeah, totally. Now's my chance. Like, I'll go and I'll flirt with her. And she kind of confesses like, hey, like, I know you wrote the note. Like, you look good in any size. Like, don't worry about anything. And Margaret totally rebuffs it and is like a shitty bitch about it she's like oh i'm not a dyke but i guess we know you are yeah she pulls the d she pulls the d word it's pretty brutal you know what you know you know what i think (laughs) this movie would have worked great as a not not currently but like back in like the the heyday like this would have been a great cw show we can't keep giving these exorcism movies to cw we just can't (laughs) This would like in the in the same if you gave the the writers of Riverdale this movie, I think they would have it would have soared. Oh, okay, that 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 tracks. Like, uh, th- th- that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting for this movie. Uh, that it like doesn't. Qu- I'm I'm just not quite sold at the end of the day uh, about it in the 90 minutes. But if it was like 40 minutes, you know, 12 episodes, you know, on CW like once a week, I like I could totally do it, and I think it would it would would work maybe a little bit better but it, but that's the vibe this movie is giving me is like a is like a riverdale cw kind of vibe uh but then so all the girls split after that <clears throat> uh i think we get it oh this is where we get a scene with oh yes yeah, so the next thing that happens is glee is crying in the girl's bathroom and i feel really bad for her because she's so nice in this movie like she's there's like she, she's just trying to find love like she's one of the few characters who isn't like a douchebag and we we catch up with her in the girl's bathroom she's crying gretchen comes in and like tries to make her feel better and they sit down but this is one thing that i don't get they sit down on the floor of the girl's bathroom now, I don't know about you, Eric, but I- I've worked in a lot of places where I've had to clean women's bathrooms. 
girls' bathroom is infinitely more disgusting than the men's bathroom. I mean, I agree. Cannot imagine a, a high school public bathroom heinous, heinous wall to wall, men or women. But I will tell you, in my experience, the girls' bathroom is so much worse. So the fact that these two are sitting on the bathroom floor and eating gives me the Big biggest, biggest heebie-jeebies. Also, <laughs> she put Glee puts the brownie directly on the floor. Yeah, I did just see that. That is gross. That's big time gross. <laughs> and it is disgusting. But that's not the point of the scene. The point of the scene <laughs> is that Gretchen has given her a brownie that had peanuts in it. And so all of a sudden, Glee starts like not being able to breathe and she's fumbling around and she's like looking for her EpiPen that she can't find. And ugh. and it all is another feel bad scene where uh, Gretchen is like, oh, you want help? Well, that's not going to work because don't you know, God hates gays. And it's like, ugh, ugh, this demon. Demons are mean, man. Demons are mean. That's kind of their whole bag. Yeah. But as this is going on, we see that Abby is out in the car and she she's looking at that nice, sweet, that sweet the 80s trapper, trapper keeper. keeper. <laughs> yes, she's stolen. Abby has stolen Gretchen's trapper keeper. She's flipping through it and she finds the uh, notebook that she was like mm-hmm. doing her possessed writing in. And she, so sees, she sees all a these doodle. pages of help, help, help. And she sees the doodle of the Lemon Brothers. <laughs> She sees the doodle of the Lemon Brothers, but she also sees a doodle of Gretchen on the floor with, like, the words, like, peanuts, like, written all around her. <laughs> but she um, puts two and two together, and she runs she back runs in to in. try and save Glee. Yeah, and she doesn't really, but, I mean, Glee survives the movie. But I think this is the last time we see her. No, 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 no. She comes back. No, I don't. Does she? Yeah. Oh, okay. So after, after but Glee after this, gets barely saved we head over uh, to gretchen's or not gretchen margaret's house we're going to margaret's house yeah so this is is like this is my other favorite yeah this is my other favorite scene of the movie oh without a doubt this is super gross and fun um so she kind of goes up into margaret's room it's all the blinds are drawn it's super dark and uh you know she's in bed and she's got the covers like pulled up to her nose pretty much and she sounds like dog shit, and, uh, oh, and she like, looks up. like I shouldn't, dog I shouldn't shit. have laughed at her. I, sh- I shouldn't have made fun of her. She tried to come out to me, and I was a total bitch. And then we finally see her, and she's like so crusty and and, and like just like sick. haggard she looks looking. So dude. ill. Yeah, I. This is one of the best like sick person makeups I've ever seen. But uh, Abby's like, hey, I brought you this Hagen Dazs. I got you. I got you yogurt. More yogurt, and, uh, <laughs> because the only thing like, anybody eats in this movie is yogurt, <laughs> which is honestly, like, I think, no, a I really funny. Eat. This is like a really funny thing. Like, I, I would love if more like movie makers were like, you're only going to see characters eat avocados this movie. That's the only thing you're ever going to see anybody <laughs> eat. You know, if people could just pick one weird thing and that's the only thing people eat the whole movie, I, I think that'd be the funniest fucking thing. But, uh, but yeah, so she offers her this like weird, you know, fucking Haagen-Dazs-ass frozen yogurt. But she goes like, well, uh, Gretchen, or not Gretchen, uh, Margaret goes like, well, I just, I, I stopped taking the drink, but like, I, I just haven't been hungry. Can I, I, every, the thought about eating anything just makes me gag. Can I at least, you know, 
let me just smell it first. And so she goes to, she's like, okay, here you go. And she unscrews it and Margaret smells it. And she starts gagging. And then you describe it. It's like, <laughs> so she's like doubled over, like gagging. She's like groaning. She's like, oh, my stomach. Ugh. And we kind of see a similar trope. Uh, like we saw in the last movie, but this one's done well, and it's a payoff that makes sense. Right, so it she's looks like ripping way at her better stomach, in this movie. and we see her stomachs writhing around like a bunch of fucking ropes. It looks disgusting, uh, and she starts gagging, it, and coughing. It's almost as good as then, the the one from Annihilation. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. I was just daydreaming about Natalie Portman. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Margaret's like me coughing something up. All of a sudden, this gross, wormy parasite thing. It's all dripping, disgusting. Dude, it's all oozy. It's this, this thing, big, like, fucking drippy, oozy worm thing comes fucking writhing its way Slayer. out of her throat. And it's so long. <laughs> like, it doesn't just come like a couple inches out of her mouth. This thing is like a, by the, by the end of this scene, this thing is like a full four feet out of her mouth. Oh, it travels from the head of the bed where her head is all the way down to the foot of the bed, like suspended in midair. And both right, girls are both, like paralyzed. Both girls are like screaming while one girl's screaming, the other one's choking. Like this worm is just like, it's, it's trying to worm its way towards the frozen yogurt. And then this fucking, this like Benji ass looking shaggy dog. Comes running in and like barks at this worm and just grabs it and oh my, like the the girl <laughs> Margaret is like trying to fight not being pulled away off the bed by this dog via you know worm lasso until eventually she's just like gagging and like vomiting and then she, the dog just like pulls the rest of this worm out of her mouth and just trots out of the house and we never see that worm again. Which was just like so funny to me that this dog, because this is as a dog owner, big dog energy. Like that's very dog behavior. Oh, they were yeah. totally. It, we never it. see this dog before, and we never see it after. And it is like the most like satisfied dog. It like runs in one He's bark, so grabs the worm, and then just kind of like prances out of the room. Like bloop 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 bloop. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But we immediately cut great over good boy to dog. <laughs> we immediately cut over to Glee's house. So now Abby has seen that terrible nightmare scenario and she's gone back to report to glee on what's happening right and, and so like she it's explains. not french it's not a french drink it's not a diet shake they were tapeworm eggs yeah this is where i was like that's not what tapeworms look like or do <laughs> like, that is not what tapeworms look like or do but if you do eat tapeworm eggs, like at the rate that this girl was eating them, we've all learned from Spike TV's One Million Ways to Die. Oh, that yeah. The tapeworms sure. will grow inside we did of you everybody, and get gigantic. Everybody learned that. No, yeah. So tapeworms, yeah, obviously yeah, tapeworms are dangerous and you can consume them the way, I mean, I don't know the exact way, but like similar to what she did. But they do not look like that and they also do not like if you if you stop eating they don't like <laughs> exorcism like fucking fly out Crawl your mouth up out and, of you and eat food and, like, and go back inside yeah. around. 
I, I mean, I, I was going to say I wish they did, but I definitely don't because that would be nightmarish. <laughs> I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> no, I definitely do not want to live in that world. But for the context of this movie, it's great. I just wish like it would have been. It's just funny that they were like, yeah, it's just a normal tapeworm. Like they could have even just thrown in the line. It's a rare version of tapeworm. Like you could have thrown in like what, like an extra second of dialogue <laughs> to be like, it's a, it's a, it's a rare tapeworm. But I mean, they've had plenty of time to grow. Yeah. But yeah, she also says that there's, she says that that one was like 11 feet long or something. And she said that they're still removing the tapeworms from her. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's, this is a better movie. The movie should have been about the tapeworms. That's way creepier. It makes me way more uncomfortable. I want to watch a tapeworm <laughs> movie. But as she's like kind of talking to Glee, Glee's like, you have to do something. You have to stop her. Like she definitely did this on purpose. And then she kind of gets a glance at Glee's. Well, that's tough to say. She gets a glance a gl- at Glee's, Glee's keys. Oh, and she's got the Lemon Bros keychain. Yes. So she sees uh, the Lemon Bros, and now she's, like, putting it together. She's like, okay, you know what? It was in the book, and I'm, I'm seeing it now. Maybe maybe I should talk to these guys. These guys seem like they might know something. Yeah, and so this is when we go to the mall, and she sees Christopher Lowell as Christian Lemon, and this is, the, this is when the movie really starts because this is the best – the, the absolutely hands down the best parts of these this movie it, it, he should have been in this movie way before now we see christian lemon and he's going down the escalator with this big foam cross that also has the word lemon brothers inscribed on it and i'm like i don't know if that would be copacetic with with the christians but like this is the 80s. i don't it's think you're allowed <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you're like allowed to do that to the cross, but whatever, you know, I've seen righteous gemstones. And so he, but he's just like got this giant foam cross and he's just going down the escalator on it. And he's the whole movie. He's in this like track suit. It's just, it's so fucking like his vibe is just hilarious. It just, you just seeing him makes me laugh. So she kind of enlists his help. She's like, look, like you were at my school He's like, we play a lot of high schools. You got to narrow it down. She's like, you saw my friend and she looked really fucked up and like almost evil, right? Like you saw her, like I saw you like make eye contact with her. And he's like, yeah, you know, your, your friend's probably possessed. You know, <laughs> she's probably grouchy, PMSing all the time. He goes, oh, you, he goes, oh you know do you know what that is? is, right? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I'm 16. And he throws up a little shocker. He's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. But he's kind of trying to, like, diagnose her. He's like, you know, she's got, she got, like, scary black eyes. And she's like, no, not scary black eyes. And he's like, all right, well, dollars right, to go. We, sounds like she's pretty possessed. Yeah, yeah, because we cut to them um, sitting in the food court. And what's he eating but yogurt? Uh, yeah, and he does say that. He goes, you know, does she have this? Does she have this? Does she? He goes, does she have scary black eyes like a shark? And she's like, no, no, she didn't have that. And but yeah, you were exactly correct. He goes dollars to donuts, which is a great saying. I wish I I kind of want to incorporate that more into my vernacular. Um, but he he says dollars to donuts. It's a it's a demonic possession. <laughs> and the, like he is like just hamming it up, dude. His physical comedy in this movie is is like next level. He's like fucking, he's scraping his yogurt cup with his finger, just trying to get all the yogurt out of that thing. Ugh, so gross. 
<laughs> and he's just like, oh, it's so good. He's just like, oh, I love yogurt, man. Like, <laughs> I think, like, basically this conversation that they have, like, uh, amounts to... He, he tells her, like, look, your friend needs an exorcism. And she's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't... Uh, cool, so you can do an exorcism? And he's like, oh, yeah, my we do exorcisms all the time. Well, my brothers do exorcisms all the time, but yeah, yeah right. I can do an exorcism, <laughs> no problem. She's kind of like, all right, well, what, uh... I don't, I, I can't, I can't pay you. He's like, all right, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you out. You know, I've seen the demon inside your friend. <laughs> this is not your run of the mill puke and rebuke, which is the greatest oh, dude, phrase I've ever heard. Dude, puke and rebuke is so good. I, that was like, that one stuck in my head. I was like, fuck, puke. it's not a run of the mill puke and rebuke. Ugh, like de- demonologist, like exorcist vernacular would be so great if everyone was more casual about it like this like all shop talky like that yeah yeah so funny <laughs> and he just goes he's like i can't help you and she goes well i can offer you like like i can get you some more yogurt coupons and he just like slams at the table and he goes all right you got yourself a deal <laughs> like he's so <laughs> yogurt motivated <laughs> it's it's just like it's so funny I like it, it really I can't stress to listeners enough that like if you were like on the fence about this movie like you this last chunk makes it so worth it because this one exorcist is I wish this guy had a whole spinoff of him performing exorcisms because he k- fucking kills me. I would watch a Lemon Brothers TV show. That'd be fucking hilarious. Dude. Right? This guy, I wish... uh, Oh, if if people don't know, the actor that plays this guy, plays Christian Lemon, he's he's the, like, uh, current, you know, love interest in How I Met Your Father, the Hilary Duff, uh, you know, spinoff. But he kind of explains to her, like, all right, if we're going to do an exorcism, we got to do a couple things. We got to get prepped first. Uh, First of all, we're going to need... location uh that's gonna be kind of private it's gonna be yeah you know loud these aren't quiet uh and uh we gotta do it tonight and it could be you know a couple hours could be a couple days so we can't do any hotels because the hotel guests usually get the wrong impression of what's going on oh yeah <laughs> he says they go the hotels always get the wrong impression <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they basically they, they, she knows the location they're gonna go to, um, and uh, they they kind of get their 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 plan together. He pretty much tells her like, "Look, you gotta go in and drug your friend. Like, we're not gonna give her a choice. We're gonna kidnap your friend and we're gonna bring mm-hmm. her to the second location. So you gotta get in there and <laughs> slip something in her drink. <laughs> this is where we get a stealth uh, stealth scenario. You know, if this is a video game, it'd be a an, an intense situation. Abby." sneaks through the house and she's like looking for a i don't know like she opens the fridge i guess looking for something to drug but then she hears footsteps and it's pretty good like tense back and forth sequence where like uh, abby is looking through the fridge then she hears something and she goes around the corner and then gretchen shows up and she's in like pajamas and she also she she hits the ice button on this fridge and, like, the glass instantly fills up with ice. And I'm like, there is not a single refrigerator that is this efficient with the rice machine. <laughs> I was like, that's bullshit. I've, I've, I'm 32 years old. No ice machine on the planet works like this. This is, this is stagecraft. But then she, <laughs> but then she, you know, she 
opens the fridge and there's like 70 bottles of cherry cola in it. And she like fills up her, bo- her, her, her ice glass of cola. She, and she pulls out a knife. And initially I was like, what are you doing with this? I get that you're a demon, but like, what do you need this knife for? But I forgot the whole, like you, the, you put the lime in the coconut and shake it all up. You remember that one? Oh, God, yeah. Remember? Have you ever had lime in your Coke? I've never done that. Why would you? It seems like such a waste of effort. Like, so much effort goes into cutting limes to put in a Coke. Like, the it's already, it's fine. Coke is fine. Also, she's drinking cherry Coke. Like, it doesn't need any other flavors. <laughs> but she's, but this is a demon. It's chaos, right? Like, we can't, yeah. we can't think about what a demon's got going on. Um, we do a little so cat and mouse around the house. Yeah, there's, there is a cute the, cat and mouse. In her drink. Mm-hmm. She stirs uh, with her fingers, and I'm like, <laughs> even though I know it's for a demon, I was like, ugh, you're going to use your fingers? But So Abby kind of catches her at the front door because the front door is locked and she can't get out. Or excuse me, Gretchen catches Abby at the front door, and she's wielding this knife. She's trying to be spooky. Is it like the demon has supernaturally locked the door? Because how complicated could this front door be? I think she just realizes, like, oh, fuck, the alarm is out here. Like, I can't just go through this door. But either way, she gets stuck inside, and she kind of gets cornered by Gretchen, who fucking slams her. Slams her into the ground, and she's, like, mm-hmm. trying to be menacing and, like, playing with her. She, she I think she kicks her, and, uh... Yeah, again, she gets a nice gut kick. Uh, Abby gets gets some serious gut trauma in this movie. She, uh, she takes a big sip of her Coke, and... She kind of like realizes like, oh, something's off. What's going on here? She starts to get a little woozy and she's like, oh, you bitch and fucking passes out on the floor next to Abby. So she, yeah, during this like during this little encounter, also that like little boxes song, like little boxes on the hilltop, little boxes made a ticky tack. That whole that song is like playing during the whole time, which I don't know, just kind of adds to the creepy factor for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they like. Abby almost gets like uh, murdered, and but then the the drug kicks in and knocks Gretchen out, and that's when uh, Abby and Christian are able to uh, transport her to the the cabin in the woods from earlier in the movie. But while they're driving, we get an overhead shot where there's even more CGI owls. Like there's like six of them flying around. And we see them uh, when they when they go inside too. There's a bunch of them. There's like fucking ten of these owls in the uh, yeah. There's the tree. so many of these owls. What do you? What is the? Do you have any like context for all these fucking owls? Uh, yeah, it's just associated with the the specific demon that we're about to meet. He's the uh he he has like a uh to make a Batman reference. He has like a court of owls. He's like oh, that's like one of his specific. The the thing is like when you translate the text, the like grimoire of where this demon comes from based on the language you're translating it from and translating it to you kind of get mixed up because you have like uh some people referencing the face of the demon to be of like uh, a raven and then other people talk about it being like a different kind of bird and then the most prevalent that i've seen is owl yeah that's that's also what i saw is that you know crow raven owl but most again similar to what you found like i i I, my research showed that like owls are like a pretty common theme for this demon this demon's name is what andros 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 
it's like uh, the vil- the the villain from uh, Star Fox where it goes Andros <laughs> <laughs> when when Slippy and uh, and whatever his name is the rabbit they're like Andros is here. We get her tied down to the bed now. Uh, she, they're kind of gearing up. They're setting up and kind of explaining <laughs> on how this whole scenario is going to go down. Yeah, I, I just have to like I out. have to harp. I have to harp on that. Like basically from this point on, the like this movie is just nothing but really funny like punch up from <laughs> from. Uh, christian's character there's like they're walking towards the house and he like lifts uh gretchen over his shoulders and he goes "Ugh, must be the demon because i can lift a 17 year old no problem oh my god yeah it's like oh that's a weird weird detail you want to add in there <laughs> right and obviously like he's trying to be like oh yeah i'm a, I'm a totally big strong uh power lifter for christ but at the same time he's like oh fuck this girl's heavy <laughs> <laughs> but like he throw you know they throw uh gretchen onto the bed and it's so they're, they're such like a the comedy is really good because they're like such an unlikely duo these two <laughs> like and like fucking christian's still in his like you know jumpsuit like 80s jumpsuit he's like tying her down to the bed like you know tying her limbs to the four corners of the bed and like he goes he goes out and he like pulls out all of his stuff he's got like this big jar of vinegar he's got this like sea salt um and he explains to her that like <laughs> like the, the the most important thing is they have to like they have to get the demon to admit its name because that's how he can like you know uh take power over it. and he's like are you ready to take the power of christ and she goes i'm jewish and he goes Oh, really? <laughs> but then he's just like, all right, all right, righteous. And then he, they, they, they go in anyway. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know how to deal with that. But then he comes, they come walking into the house or, or into the room. And he's holding this like fucking like dollar general Bible. You know, <laughs> it's just like this super cheap looking one. But they walk in there and he's like, Tell me your name, demon. Tell me your name. And she's like, my name is Fartface. Fartface. He's like, God damn it, demon. Tell me your name. And things are starting to and get he like and- He like holds the Bible out, like w- like the bo- like one palm on the bottom, one palm on the top. And he goes, tell me your name. And then he looks at it and he goes, oh shit. And he switches palms and goes, tell me your name. <laughs> like it's so, it's his physical comedy is so funny. Because it's he's like so unsure and like incapable of like performing an exorcism, <laughs> but also he has admitted that he does have like supernatural sight. Like he like saw his he says earlier that like he saw that his mom died in a car crash like hours before like it actually happened. You know, so he like is kind of like. He, he has it's funny because he's like got more credentials than like most like exorcists but also he's at the same time very incompetent it's just like a really fun dynamic for the character that i again another reason why i wish he was in more of the movie they're trying to get the name out of her and uh she kind of she sees that the the room is getting a little tense uh abby does and abby's like andros andros is the name like i know the name and he's kind of like, wait, what? What'd you say? What? He kind of pulls them both back out of the room into the living room. And he's like, 
what the fuck was that? You know the name? Why didn't you tell me you know the name? How do you know the name? (laughs) And she's like, oh, like, I I saw it. She was in her notes. Like, you know, I I, I know that that's the name. And he's like, well, what the fuck? Like, the whole point of me trying to get the name is to show the demon that we're in control and that we have the power. It's kind of like a really big deal. It's kind of really important. Okay? And she's like, yeah. Totally. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. And then he goes like, are you sure that was the name? And then she says, like, yeah, I'm sure. And he looks like visibly upset. He's like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> you know? And so he takes his fucking tracksuit off. And now he's just got this like cut off tee that he's wearing. And then they go back in. And this is my favorite part of the movie where he just starts whipping handfuls of salt at this teenage girl. Like fistful, like he's fistful, throwing it like and a he's like, I rebuke pitch, you, like a baseball I pitch. Like, you. <laughs> it's it's just like it's the editing of this movie. It's it's just like fucking so funny. Like <laughs> I was cr- I was almost in tears watching this scene both times because he's just like, eh, I rebuke you, and he's like, this is the only way to defeat the demon. <laughs> And he just, and she's like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like I, I was like absolutely dying during this scene. He's like splashing her in the face with the salt, and then <laughs> it starts working, right? Like she starts like floating up into the air, and the lights are going on and off, and she's you know screaming, and he is stoked. He's like, "Fuck yes, we did it. We're on the right path. We're, we're we got this." We're gonna we're gonna kick ass and kind of pulls her back out of the room, and he's like, "I got I got a protein load." Yeah, oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> and he starts eating slabs of like grilled chicken from like a Ziploc. You know, he's just it's he's fucking so funny, man. <laughs> Everything he does kills me. <laughs> and then he like comes back. Uh, I think there's like a scene where they like. Uh, Gretchen begs Abby to like rub the salt off of her eyes but then like she's about to do it but then Christian runs in and he's like no I rebuke you and like rubs it in even harder and then like all the lights start to like shatter we like we get to the point where like a Gretchen start the actual Gretchen starts to break through and she like begs them to you know like because I think uh he, he wants to do something crazy like dump like uh boiling water on her because he's got to like scar the flesh you know to tempt the demon <laughs> out of it right he comes into the room and he's like oh oh no are you thirsty oh it's a salt oh here hold on i gotta I'll give you a little drink and he opens this little <laughs> mason jar and puts it up to her lips and she immediately spits it out and he goes holy water i got you <laughs> yo dude the like trick holy water so funny yeah he literally goes she starts to cough and he goes ha holy water eh. <laughs> like and throws more on her dude it's the funniest thing i wish i wish this is how exorcisms went like it's just it's <laughs> it's a fucking kills me there's like a, and when he's eating the chicken he's like explaining he's like shove he's got a mouthful of grilled chicken from a bag and she's like, I don't know if this is right. And he's like, no, listen, he's, he's fucking like chicken is spitting out of his mouth. He's like, you just got to take, got to like, you got to find out the truth from them. Like, you got to find out the, the God honest truth, even if it's just like a little nugget. And he like rips off a piece of the chicken and like rubs it in her face. And he's like, just like a, even a little nugget, of ch- <laughs> a nugget of truth. 
<laughs> like it's just so funny. This this honestly, this whole movie's worth it just for this scene. He's you know they're they're pressing on with their exorcism, and uh, he runs out of the room to try and get some more supplies. And she puts a blanket over her friend because her friend's like, "Help me, help me!" And he runs in. And he's like, "We're going to DefCon 2. And he's got like a kettle full of like steaming water. And this is where Abby's like pulling on him, and uh, Gretchen is like screaming and flopping on the bed. And he she eventually wrenches the like you know his arm away, and they both spin onto the floor. And he's like, "All right, sorry, I lost my nerve. I lost my cool there. I was a little bit too a little too intense, but we're close." We hear a, a voice go, Christian. And this is when they like pan up and we see like a, a hand reach out from under the bed or like under the covers and it like lifts the covers up and it's w- who we come to realize is Christian's mother, the one who died in the <laughs> the car crash. And she's like, she gives this whole spiel to him trying to like tempt him. And then she goes, you should have saved me, Christian. I was in that car for... F- for 15 minutes before it burst into flames. And then we get this cool shot of like the visage of his mother melting. Like she bursts into flames and you see like her face skin, like melting, like molten lava off her face. And it's, it looks like, so good. And I'm like, why face, is it yeah. that the funny movies have the better effects? It, it, it happens all the time. It really made me upset. I mean, they get to consolidate things, right? Like, they get to kind of spend the budget right where I guess it needs so, to be. I so, right? Of- yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, so then this is when Christian immediately books it. He leaves. He's like, you got this, right? We got the demon to admit his name. That was the hardest part. And then he exits the movie. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I wish you would stay, please. Yeah, he realizes he's, like, way out of his league. He's like, oh, man, this demon's already broken me. Uh, clearly, like, we just saw my mom light on fire in there, like... That's not real, so uh, I gotta go. Uh, you got this. He leaves, and I hope for the spinoff. You know, that's all I can hope for. Is I'm glad he didn't stick around and die because I'm I'm all, I'm all about a spinoff series featuring Christian Lemon. Um, so Abby, so funny. He's turning to leave, and Gretchen's like, "Bye bye, Mister yeah. <laughs> Exorcist," from the other room. <laughs> yeah, Gretchen's uh, the Andras slash Gretchen has some pretty great lines that are just you can only kind of hear them in the background but if you're paying enough attention like there's some really good stuff going on um but then the uh the movie spirals into sort of a a brawl between the two girls the possessed gretchen and abby abby like clocks gretchen with a with that gigundo planchette from earlier in the movie uh and then tries to perform like the exorcism until eventually Gretchen like charges forward in the laziest attempt to attack somebody I've ever seen and just pierces herself on a fire poker. Yeah. Abby's trying to defend herself with the fire poker and yeah. she lo- gets lunged. Yeah. At also at this like, point, Gretchen has a fucked up face and demon horns, which I know I complained about this last episode, but I please stop with the trope of like people's like physiology getting fucked up by demons and then just magically getting repaired when they're not possessed anymore. I hate that. Right? Give me like two big wounds on her forehead. Right? Like and 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 also a gigantic fire poker stab wound. And also we've seen way worse in other movies. Like if a person's head ever spins around 360 degrees because they're possessed, they're dead when the demon's gone. Like those those bones don't work anymore. We're dead. Like, it's it's just like, come on, Gretchen, 
runs out of the house. Uh, there's like a little bit of a chase follow sequence uh, through the forest. We go back to the house that we started the movie at uh, where it had the weird like demon eyeball nutsack. Um, there's like a shitty little like mattress on the floor where Gretchen is. Uh, and the movie sort of like culminates it, it, with like this big brawl. It starts with, like, the uh, Gretchen's, like, stomach starts to do this, like, big rising, you know, like, the demon is inside her, right? Like, and this is where we get a cute little friendship scene where Abby goes, instead of saying the power of Christ compels you, it's, like, the power of all the cute, fun, nerdy teen girl things we like compel you. The power of our spring break trip to Tampa and yeah. virgin pina coladas and boy George. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute. Like, I, I, I thought it was, like, a little lame, but, like, I, I don't want to, like, poo-poo it, you know? Like, it was cute for the for the tone of the movie, right? Like, for the story. Well, just, it, it proves once again that exorcisms are not completed with True. scripture and... The word of God and all that other shit. It's about the human right. connection between right. these two. Which is which is why I like it. You know, it, it it's a little bit cheesy, but I, I like the sentiment behind it more than like the solution to most exorcist movies, you know? So I definitely give it points for that. Um yeah. but yeah, so eventually <laughs> she she like finishes her her little best friend exorcism and Gretchen <laughs> like vomits the the best way i can describe it is it, she vomits like uh, a a a metric a f metric ton of whiteout um that then sort of like coalesces into dobby the house elf <laughs> yeah we have this tiny little demon it, it, guy he's like yeah he looks very yeah he's like schmiegly dobby. dobby sized where he's just like he just sort of like but he is really he's, gross. He's actually, he super he's like, if you picture, listeners, if you picture Dobby the house elf with the head of the Night King from Game of Thrones, that's what this demon looks like. And it's just this little tiny, like, goblin who has, I don't know, super strength because he, like, smashes Abby, like, across the room as he's trying to go for her. Gretchen, like, shanks him with, like, a broken uh, liquor bottle, like, a, like, barroom brawl style. And then this is when we get a nice little throw uh, call back to earlier in the movie. As the demon is, like, choking out Gretchen, Abby goes, like, no, hey, you want me. She's, she's unclean. Like, you want me. I'm the right one. And then the demon, like, stands up and comes towards her. And then she picks up a bottle, uh, an apparently full bottle. Which I don't know. Whoever was partying there, come on, you're gonna leave. You're gonna leave a full bottle of fucked up. Uh, you, you're leaving. You're leaving soldiers on the battlefield. Something grape, gorgeous grape, gra <laughs> glorious grape. You're gonna leave a full bottle of glorious grape there. Um, but she goes. She kind of harkens back to what the nun says. She's like, 180 proof, perfect for getting yourself into a situation. Or, or out, out of, of one. one. And then she like lights the lighter and she goes, she does like a full spit fire on him. But also I was like, well, isn't he a demon? Like would fire really be that big of a problem for him? Unless you're one of the people who subscribe to the belief that I, uh, hell is icy, you know? But I, I, I just think it's funny that it works. It, it does. They're just yeah, like, oh, they, the demon yeah, made out of he's, vomit he's lights on fire. Flammable. Perfect. She spews fire all over this demon and he just 
instantly keels over and dies. And that's the end of the demon. <laughs> like, problem solved, we did it. Uh, I think it was cute. You know, this is the end of this movie is what made me form the opinion that I think this is a great movie, like for like younger audiences. It, it never gets too violent or too like scary. It's like just light enough that like I think most like people could watch it. And uh, but it's like it's wholesome too. you. You get like a good at the end of the end of the movie, like all things told you get like a good message um it, it ends this is the only movie that i will excuse the solution of friendship saves the day this is the only narrative that i will yeah i generally don't like i generally don't like question. the friendship saves the day method but i i think it fits this story pretty well like i i think it works here well enough uh, and I, 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 I think it all sort of ties together in the end. Um, it's also nice because, yeah, I mean, that's what the whole yeah. movie says. Their friendship is super, because, because the, the demonic possession, it, it was all just an allegory for like the, 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 like, you know, distancing of their relationship that is going to take place when the girl moves across state, you know, like they became distanced because of this mm -hmm. demon it's the, you know, the, so like I get it. I get where they're coming from. And I think that it that, that whole solution to the to the movie works in in this case because, you know, it it all ties together very neatly. Like I said earlier, my only problem with this movie is that the the first hour is I think tries to tackle way too many other subjects instead of just focusing on the these two girls relationship mm -hmm. i think i think they just try to like relate like this is what it's like to be a yeah girl i, I just 90s, think like if we right? spent like, more of the movie with just these two instead of like you know some of the other stuff and, and, and i don't know but overall you know i i think so this is where the movie ends after the 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 burning of the demon we cut to uh gretchen is you know she's fully back to normal they're moving out. Um, Abby pulls up in her car. They have like a cute little, um, you know, like, oh, we'll always be best friends. You know, like they have a cute little moment. I, I think this this scene. She gives her a new boy, George. poster. Yeah, I think this scene, both actresses really like end the movie on a high note, you know. Uh, they, they do a really good job. Mm -hmm. And then we get like a so then it kind of like fade, you know, fades, fades off. We, we like pull the camera out and then we get a really funny like I think a karma chameleon starts playing, which is just always a jam for me. I could I could <laughs> I could rock out to karma chameleon <laughs> pretty much any time. But we get like these cool, like funny old timey still shots of characters where it like explains what happens to them after the fact. But one of them I wanted to point out was that Wallace, it said Wallace enjoyed too much glorious grape and dropped out. He came back later to be the school's groundskeeper and still lives with his parents. But I think it's funny that it says he came back later to be the school's groundskeeper because the shot that it's showing him is when he's in the cabin earlier in the movie and he's got kind of a Freddy Krueger outfit on. Oh, I didn't even notice that, but you're totally right. He has like a, a he's got a Freddy Krueger, like black and red or green and red kind of uh, sweater. And he goes back to be yeah. the school's groundskeeper. I don't know. It's a funny little reference. That is pretty funny. But yeah, we just get kind of like an update on all the characters and none of it means 
anything because basically nobody was affected by the events of this movie <laughs> except me except maybe for uh christian lemon who becomes like a yogurt ceo which i thought was super funny um and margaret who becomes a like a body image spokesperson <laughs> At the end of the movie, I I think this was a like like we said earlier. I think this is a, a light recommend for me, but I do think it's very funny and it's totally like family friendly. If you're looking for like a a a, a funny or goofy sort of like horror adjacent movie to watch with everyone, I think this one totally works. And especially in the last 30, 40 minutes, uh, it really picks up and, and becomes like something that you. Uh, really really should see <laughs> I, without a doubt i i think this is a, a ton of fun you know for all audiences uh I, despite its you know possible shortcomings story-wise i think mm. the comedy really makes up for it i think it's gross enough to land itself in the for comedy sure. horror genre uh i i you know opposed juxtaposed to the exorcism movie we did last week that was pretty much a big Ugh. oh it's fart. way better than pay it, for it, the you know stands head and shoulders way above and uh same year you know what i mean like it's not like yeah, they had anything no, else it, it was to work it, with the the good part about this movie is it didn't ever take itself too seriously um and it just uh it just had a good time and, and again a super big props to uh christopher lowell as Christian Lemon, he carried this movie for me. I, I, if I could see him, if I could watch just his character in a bunch of spinoff movies, I would do it in an instant. I would, I and Amazon, you could put it in theaters. I will pay money to watch more Christian Lemon movies. <laughs> Without a doubt, I would 100% do it. But, uh, but yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's our, that's our, our review on, uh, my best friend's exorcism. Uh, do we have any? Uh, do you have any last cuts for the uh, for the episode? Any fi- any final cuts here? Um, uh, I mean, um, nothing is coming to mind at the moment. I know. Looking forward, we got a bunch of stuff coming up for the end of the month. Uh, Knock Ooh, the cabin doors coming out this one. weekend. Uh, I think Infinity Pool is coming out this weekend too. Dude, Infinity Pool. There's another. There's another one. I forget what it. I forget what it's called. But uh, post recording i'll look it up and talk about it but uh um as far as i'm concerned uh i don't know if it's like necessarily horror related but i uh just saw recently that they added to xbox game pass um you're familiar with the persona series correct uh vaguely familiar but not not they're like a it's a it's a long-running jrpg uh series from atlas um so Shin Megami Tensai, Persona, um, Persona 3, 3 and 4 and 5 just got added to Xbox Game Pass. Um, but Persona 3 is a kind of a rare one we haven't seen ported in a while. Uh, and I'm int- I'm just starting it now. Um, it's kind of it's kind of horry because basically the plot is that you play as a group of teenagers uh, in Japan who discover that there is a secret like 23rd hour hidden in the day and you can only like access it if you're aware of it and it's like full of like monsters and demons and stuff um and and you can when you're wandering around the 23rd hour 
like you can the characters can access these things called personas where they're sort of like um monstery projections that they can like summon to help them fight in battle but the only way they can summon them is to like shoot themselves in the head with like a gun and then like the blast oh. like summons the persona out of them uh so it's like kind of like very morbid and creepy uh and so i'm very excited to give give that game a shot because I've like heard about it for a while and every persona game sort of has like a different thing going on with it. Like they don't always have that same concept. So like I, I I've been always interested in playing the third game, but I never had a PlayStation portable. Um, so now that it's available for Xbox, I'm excited to play that. So that's my, you know, it's time persona time, persona time for Matt. Uh, but yeah, so that's it uh, for me. And I think that's it for, this week's episode um as always you can catch us on twitter at the devil's cut pod also on instagram uh feel free to tweet at us um but also please listeners if you're enjoying our show so far make sure that you go to whatever um you're listening to us on if it lets you rate us please give us a rating uh if it lets you uh, give us a review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review. Even if you're not on Apple Podcasts, just go there, find us, rate and review us because both the ratings and the reviews go so, so far to helping us, you know, just make the show better. The, you know, if we can finally get some sponsors, we can dedicate more time to it. We can do like more in-depth episodes. We can do more research. Uh, so... Yeah, just give us, just rate and review, you know, help help us help you. I want to say a quick uh, shout out and thank you to all the international listeners. We have a couple people uh, around the globe who tune in each week, uh, specifically the people out in Brussels. Y'all, Yo, Brussels y'all, rocks. Y'all the whoever's, real ones. whoever's listening we in Brussels, you. we love you. We see you listening as soon as it as soon as that we drops, I get I get that notification. Big, big, we're we love podcast, big Brussels fans. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I think that's it. You know, like just keep thank you for listening. Keep on listening. We'll uh, hopefully that you know the year's just started. Hopefully we can get some even more. We got some good stuff coming down the pipeline. So uh, just just uh, stick with us. It's gonna be a good it's one. It's gonna be a but, good uh, year. Yeah, we'll we'll catch you next time on the Devil's Cut.